welcome back, audience. Um, man, it's been a long time since we've been together. Yes, sir. <laughs> the three, <laughs> the three, the three Stoogies. No Matt tonight, though. No Matt tonight. Um, but it's all good, man. Big, um, welcome back. Very special episode of Christmas edition. You know, um, with a Christmas Eve around the corner and Christmas Day right two days from now. How y'all doing, man? Finals is over, bro. We can get back to the grind. We want to For give sure, a quick uh, apology out to anybody that's been missing the show. Um, we've been slacking a little bit. The finals been kicking all of our asses, you know. But we back, you know, and better than ever. Got all the stress off, bro. You know what it is. Looking yeah, forward I'm, to spending. I'm feeling way more relaxed these last two days. Now finals are over. Now we can yeah. finally focus on just recording. Yeah, like you can Watch have sports, uh, relaxing, enjoy right. the holidays with the family, you know. And I am loving the setup you got back there. Is that like your dad's man cave? Oh, this is my dad's man cave, bro. Fantastic. We got the whole uh, wait, the wall of movie posters back there. If you, you can't tell right here, it's the uh, I see the Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, That's right? You see it? Love it. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I, I set up right here just for uh, for the time being while I'm out, outside of school. Yeah. So like you can as uh, Maz and, and and like I was texting him like, "Yo, let's do a show, man!" But like, I'm like, "Finals, ah!" But the finals are over. Bro, I got slammed, yeah, dude. Yeah, we all did. We all did. You know, Matt ain't even here still, probably because he's trying to recuperate from finals. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, uh, we we'll figure it out. So, well, fellas, man, we got a lot of you know. I don't know when our last episode was, but. We got a lot, a lot to cover in a short amount of time, like an hour or so. So let's get to it, man. Let's get to it. So I guess the first is is, is the COVID um, with the, with the whole NBA and NFL. Like, how do y'all feel about the whole, you know, how of how it started, but like a couple years ago, and now like we were had a time where you know we were relaxed, and now we're back to you square one. He's like, you know, the protocol. So I'm like, how do y'all feel, man? Yo, honestly. It's- a weird time again i feel like they might um i don't even know what they're gonna do the covid cases are just going rampant obviously we got like that new variant out uh the good thing is they're saying it's not as deadly but it's a lot more contagious maybe it's kind of like better because if everybody like catches it hopefully they'll blow up like the immune system but i don't know so we'll see big j that's five dollar fine for being on your phone during the podcast and not looking up information (laughs) how dare you this is your show man Unbelievable, this guy. This is the crew that we work with. And your microphone's off, too. Good one. That's another $5 fine. Damn, you already know what it is. We at 10. Thank you. 10 bucks. <laughs> Yo, we should have, we should have a, a fine jar for Jordan now. Whenever he, he messes up. We, 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 we should just have it like on someone's desk during the, the entire podcast. The J, the J fine jar. Dude, just the JJL fine jar, bro. The JJL I, I, fine jar. I owe five bucks for being late. And at the end of the year, we donate that to like charity or something like that. Man, you yeah, owe yeah. like, like 50 bucks for being late. I owe 50 bucks. If Shit. I owe 50 bucks for being late, then Matt owes a hundred for missing episodes, though. <laughs> And and aunt and aunt owes fifty bucks for being on that janky Wi-Fi <laughs> for one what? episode. You've been on janky Wi-Fi the last like ten. <laughs> so by that calculation, you owe like five hundred dollars. 
Yeah, I might be the most fined on this show, but yeah, we we coming out with You're the Marshawn rules. Lynch. You're the Marshawn Lynch of the JJ. I'm just here up. right now so I don't get fined more. Yeah, exactly. You're here. <laughs> you know, I got Christmas rapping to be doing. Uh, absolute necessity, bro. I think I'm becoming a bad guy. I ain't rapping this crap no more. It's too much of a headache. But yeah, we know we, we love you, man. That's why we love you. Just the yeah, imperfections no. make the man, you know. Yo, I'm telling you right now, bro. I want a one dollar fine every time Jordan rubs his <laughs> hands are scratched because I know he's killing people's. <laughs> so, uh, me and Jordan battling it out for the fines, but <laughs> hey, at least we here, you know what I'm saying? Hey, for hey. next episode, we want the fans of JJL Sports Talk Show to send in a list of fines and we will put them in like Listen. We, we can set up. Listen, I'm, I'm the boss of this show, so technically I can fire both of y'all, man. You can fire me right now. Fire me right now. <laughs> You're fired, man. No fight, bro. <laughs> You're fired. No fight, bro. I'll be the, hot, I'll be the hottest free agent. I'll be the hottest free agent in the Montclair podcast scene, bro. Tell me someone won't scoop me. <laughs> nah, man, I'm just messing with you, man. It's all jokes. But um, no. So Yo, but getting into the thing, right? Getting into the question. You know what I love about this COVID stuff? And I know this is really weird for me to say like that. We're seeing some names come back into the league for the NBA, and I'm absolutely loving it. I saw Joe back on the block. You know, my boy Isaiah Thomas. Oh, boy. Has been killing it. One before that, solid performances. And, you know, what the Lakers are losing, but it's not even his fault because we are just dog water. But it's, it's great to see some – Old names coming back into the league. I, I saw Lance Stevenson with the Atlanta Hawks, so we'll see. And I, I love to see who they who they're gonna bring back. And who knows, man? Some guys might even be coming for some spots. Yeah, and just to back off what Maz was saying earlier, yeah, COVID is definitely a big issue, and I think the Omicron variant has brought a new element of how do we work around this issue. Like now that it's 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 be it, this is probably the most. Uh, transmittable variants since the first COVID strain. So now they're starting to figure out like, how do we prevent this close quarters? Like now I'm seeing, if you were looking at the college football scene, like the bowl section now that Texas A&M just had to back out of the uh, Florida Gator bowl down in, uh, down in Florida because they had some COVID cases and had a, Oh, big shout out to Rutgers. Maz, I know you're not going to love it. Rutgers Scarlet Knights for getting in. On a technicality, we got in on technicality, dude. That's I don't, I don't listen. I, I got nothing against Rutgers, yo. It's just, I'm so mad because I know Big J was at that game winner. I was supposed to be there that night, and my cousin backed out last minute, and I should have went by myself. And I'm tight that I missed it. So, shout out Rutgers for putting in work. Um, always great to see, but yeah, you know, yeah, teams are gonna end up taking their precautions and doing what they feel need to be doing. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a shutdown. You, you got leagues all over the place. Uh, pulling out events, pulling out, trying to regroup and get the game plan going. Um, I know the Jets got hit with COVID. We might not even have a game on Sunday, so we'll see. Well, I mean that that poses a new a new sort of roadblock because Jay was mentioning in the uh, the previews to our our meeting before we got on live here, what maybe another bubble for the team like the NBA. Will we have another bubble? And I, I like Jay's idea about bringing the bubble, but you're going to have pushback from players. Players are not going to want that bubble back. They already experienced the, the the being away from their families for a few months, 
and it was very tough on them. And I, I completely agree with you don't want to go back into something like that. And I know it was great for basketball and there was a lot of great matchups and guys were having nice rivalries with each other. But I think for the, for the safety of the game, if you want to do like a nice little two or three week shutdown, I am more than happy to, to let those guys do what they have to do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, Actually, I've been waiting to do this take for this uh, segment because, I mean, I know most NBA fans won't like this idea of the bubble, um, but people don't – fans don't realize that the bubble, even though, like, you know, players got separated from their families through a long, you know, period of time, it did help contain um, contain, um, con- uh, contain the, the virus. Um, there was – I believe there was zero cases. Um, in the bubble, um, and even if players had to leave for you know a family matter, they would still have to get tested and start the quarantine. But now um, we're back, you know, outside the bubble, and now we see like first the Delta variant, then the Omicron variant, and now we see like case. I mean, I follow Adrian Ronazowski like on Twitter, and I he'd be posting every single hour, like, this dude's in protocol, this dude's in protocol, and, like, I know people are not going to like the fact of the bubble, but I like it. Um, I know that that's their last resort, but that what it has to come down to, I, I believe that that's the best case scenario to get to keep the players safe, staff safe, because they were seeing it around the clock. They're seeing the balls, the court, everything, the, 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 the equipment. So... Um, and, I, and but the tricky part about this thing is like some people who some are vaccinated, um, and some are still getting it, so that this is you know a front well, line. That's the thing, I mean, then you look, look, look. Oh, that's but like we've lost guys like Trey Young, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and now recently Luka Doncic. Yesterday, a report came out that he got COVID when the stars are going down and. We're having a Christmas Day game in a few days. If the Stars aren't going to be playing in those games, that's a huge revenue dump for the NBA. They're not going to get the money back because who's going to watch it, want, want to watch a game on Christmas Day without the big stars? I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, the NBA on Christmas Day is just – we all know it's a staple of sports. I'd argue it's better than Thanksgiving football. Um, you, got, you got some better matchups there for me, man. Um the NBA always makes sure that they got, you know, big the biggest games on that day where, like, the NFL is just kind of like, hey, whoever's on, like, your schedule that week, it's, you know, plus it's always the Lions are going to be involved in it. So, for me, NBA basketball is definitely better. NBA yeah. Christmas basketball is the NFL Thanksgiving football. But as you just said, like, it's not going to be the same if you don't have – the LeBron Jameses, the Kevin Durant's, the Luka Doncic's playing, you know, it's fine. If, if a bunch of people are getting like COVID, that's like one thing. Obviously, it's a, it's a concern. But if you got like a mid-level player, the fans aren't going to be that upset that they're missing that guy playing. But, you know, you got people that tune in just to see a Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, just Steph to watch Curry. that one player play. A Steph Curry. Exactly. So, I don't know. I, I think a shutdown – if you're going to do it for the two weeks, that's fine. I wouldn't be opposed to a bubble. You got to move on. Um, I know I'm going to sound like an ass right now, but 
I don't care if the players are missing their family like that because I would 110% be away from my family to get that money and keep it moving. And I get it. They, they've grown accustomed to it. They're above that. But just being in the position that I am, like, I would do whatever it takes for that money. Like, obviously, with, like, integrity, having, like, integrity and stuff. And just ha having to, like, you know, do my job and be away. So if it's two or three months, like, it's not like we're asking them to be away for a year you know we just asking just a couple of months yeah you know yeah so according to like like see uh, i was looking at really researching like how many players right now have are in the protocol and um i think it was a few days ago this article was posted and they were saying um that with the nba new covid uh wave nine games have been postponed and counting um so far more than 100 players i'm pretty sure that number has gone up have entered health and safety protocols in the last month or uh, last week the league has added about 10 more players to the list each day. On Tuesday, Adam Silver um, had an interview with Amalika Andrews, um, and she asked straight to the point, Adam Silver, what is your plan um, with this, you know, the COVID? And his response was, frankly, we are having trouble coming up with that logic. Um, as we look through the, these cases, uh, literally ripping through the country, let alone the rest of the world, I think we're finding ourselves where we sort of knew we were going to get over several months. And this is the virus, this, and this virus will not be um, er eradicated, and we're going to have to learn to live with it. So, I mean... That sounds like they just powering through. Powering through it. Um, at, at some point, you're going to have to. I mean, like, these guys are healthy guys, and I know you want to protect people who are at risk. And for the people who are at risk, for the time being, just sit out before so you don't get sick. And I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that. It sounds terrible, but a lot of people have invested money and time into this game, and a lot of these guys have trained for hours upon hours, and there's media contracts, and there's all this stuff going, and we just can't play a game because of a virus that a lot of people are – you know, just can't get. But I mean, I mean, it's not now that we're all vaccinated. I think it's it's not as bad as it used to be. Well, here's the thing. I think everybody has to re remind themselves too is that vaccinated does not mean that you ain't gonna end up getting the virus. It just means that your chances of dealing with the symptoms is gonna be much better. And I think that's just what it's gonna be. They're saying that we're gonna be living with this. So to a point like you to a point, yes, you have to pers persevere. But if it's just getting like as bad as it is, I dude, the Woj tweets updates, it, it's like draft night for the NBA or like uh the NBA free agency in the first day. Woj has just been blowing up my phone and it's just like another guy's out. Like you gotta be kidding me. So hey, we know it's getting bad, but you know, hopefully they'll figure out something. I think if they go to the bubble, like I'm not gonna be mad. It is a completely different game, though. Let's not forget. It's going to be a lot more mentally tough. Uh, you got to get your own motivation going. So it's a lot harder to play in the bubble. Anybody that thinks that the bubble is easy, like, it's – there's no home court advantage. It's just, you know, our best guys versus your best guys. And whoever's going to, you know, create their own motivation and tougher, I think that's who, that's who comes out on top at the end of the day, you know. It's you don't have to worry about all that extra. It's, it's pure basketball. I mean, at the at, at, back when we watched, I thought that was the best brand of basketball we were getting. It was just fundamental street basketball, just a game you would see just walking through the park. It was, that's what I sort of liked about the bubble. 
And I mean, I do love that fans bring that element to the game. And I mean, every player wants to play in front of a, a crowd of 30K. I mean, everyone wants that. But sometimes it's, it's nice to have a nice, like, quiet game going on in the background and just just to notice the intensity is just a little bit up because, like you said, Matt, they have to bring that extra motivation. Facts, facts. Um, yeah, so how do you feel about, like, that, like the whole Kyrie, like, saying how, like, um, he can go and play it during, during away games. I mean, before y'all had your takes, I had my take on that. Like, I just – it's just stupid um, because, obviously, yeah, you want him back. But, like, think about it. Like, that's about that having chemistry. And think about it. Kyrie hasn't played with the team, what, since, like, what, like last year? Middle of last year? And, like, with him sitting out and with him going to home ga- – or away games, I get the New York has their own protocols and stuff and – on, the, on 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 COVID, but I mean, you're losing that chemistry only playing an away game. Let's have like a away game stretch of uh, of games, but other than that, I just don't see what the point of him bring of them bringing him back into the into fold. Well, they only brought him back because so many guys were going down on the team, so I understand why they brought him back for that. But as you just said, he cannot um play in home game New York, can't play any games in California, can't play any games out of the country. So we'll see how it goes with that. But I don't know. I, I They did what they had to do. But, I mean, the man came, did, hasn't even played a minute yet. He got cleared to play, and he ends up in, pro, in protocol. So I, I don't know what they're going to do. We'll see how next season pans out. If Kyrie can't play on if it's the same guidelines, you absolutely have to consider trading a Kyrie Irving and getting him out of there send him to Houston where he can actually play games. Because even if the Brooklyn Nets make the final, he if it's against the Warriors, which is a possibility, he ain't playing nothing. Can't play in any of those games. So it makes no sense to be spending that much money on a contract. And it makes no sense to not use a guy like that. So you might as well ship him off and get – he's a valuable asset. You know, he'll get you some valuable pieces, whether it's some players or some high picks – you definitely got to explore your options. Here's the thing. If you can have a player with the caliber of Kyrie Irving in your lineup for even half of the games, and he's cleared to play by the NBA, I'd say you do it. Why not? I mean, you're just paying all this money to him. I, I, why not? Why do you want to make a dead money? Why do you, you want to pay a guy just to just sit on the couch? Give him the reps. Let him play. And, and like you said, Jay, let him develop chemistry with the guys on the team. I mean, he already has chemistry somewhat with KD and Harden. Let him develop ke- uh, chemistry with guys like Patty Mills, guys like Claxton, and, and like Shemet. You know, just let him sort of like develop that chemistry. And then once – and Cam Thomas, by the way. I forgot about Cam Thomas. Love that guy. Let him sort of build that chemistry up just so even if it's in the playoffs when he's playing – half the games, you're going to get the best version of Kyrie you can get rather than a guy who's sort of rusty and get that rust out of the way now so when the playoffs come around, he's not as rusty. I mean, I get your point, in, but like um, I mean, just like I said, I don't, I don't think he can even like practice in Brooklyn with them. Like, he has to practice on his own. Like, he can't even even if he even if he goes, plays away, plays away games, he can't practice with the team. He can't fly with the team. He can't go out with the team. Like, well, when they're home, um, it's just—I mean, I just don't get it's pointless. Like, if you—I mean, obviously, yeah, he, they'll win. They'll win. They'll win some away games, 
hopefully if they have their full roster back. I just don't see them the point of bringing him back when he'll only play on and off, on and off, on and off. I mean, I just I I, th- I, I hear both your points honestly. And I like him. I agree with them. I think Ant has a great is like right uh, for a short term mentality, but you know you can't be doing that long term. I think Jay. Like what about playoffs? Yeah, sure. like, what about, yeah, I'm, I'm, playoff. I'm like, just saying. Hey, right what now, at a time, damn it. That's what you gotta do. For sure. Um, I think right now it's the move. It is what it is. They they don't have players, and I'd rather take Kyrie for a short term only playing half the games left. Talon Horton Tucker playing the entire damn season, the damn bum. I can't stand the Lakers right now. I know I'm switching topics real quick, but can we please? What the hell is happening? I don't get it. You got LeBron James, top three greatest players of all time. Some people say he's the greatest of all time. I'm not one of them, but he's up there for me. He's 100%. You got it. Russell Westbrook, triple-double machine, former MVP. You got Anthony Davis, who was one of the, if one of, if not the best big man in the NBA. Davis looking like crap. Russ is a turnover machine. He's picking it up now. And LeBron James, I, I can't blame him. He's playing out of his mind. He's playing like he's back in Miami. But, fellas, I don't understand what is happening with the purple and gold right now. Somebody help me understand this. Or me being a Laker fan like you, man. It's just I don't. I don't know. What, I don't know what they need. I don't know if they need more shooters. I mean, obviously, you know they got Trevor Ariza back. I mean, how was it? Like 30, 35? He's back in protocol again. Back in protocol again. So, I mean, I don't. At this point, I don't even really want to watch the Lakers right now. Like because I mean, obviously, I want to see LeBron play, but obviously, like you know. They, they were getting shellacked by the Suns the other night, man. And they're and they're much younger. I mean, other than Chris Paul, but they got Booker, they got Jay Crowder, they got Cam Jordan. I mean, young young stars. Aiden. I mean, I get it. AD went down with that what that sprained MCL, I believe. Um, so he can be out for a couple of weeks. But like you're right, there's no excuse. Before he got hurt, he should have like even even the uh, Chicago News said the other week when LeBron is out. And Russ is out. AD should be stepping up, and I don't like. We don't hear much about him. Obviously, he gets bored. He grabs boards, but like he's not. He don't see out. the killer in him like he had, bro. You don't you? Don't because before I, that's the one thing I've always criticized LeBron, and I don't see the killer in LeBron like I've seen with other uh, greats. I didn't watch Mike play, you know, so I can't speak on Mike. But anybody that has watched him play, they was cold hearted. You know, I watch Mamba play and Kobe Bryant ruthless, take no prisoners. Like he's going in for the kill. LeBron James in the end of games, I- I've seen him pass up on big shots just because of it being, I guess, like the the best basketball play. But to me, like when you're a player of that caliber, sometimes you've got to take games into your old hands. And AD used to be that. You know, he was hitting game winners. He he thrived to have that last shot. And now it's just like, dude, I I don't even want to be bothered when it's like they get him an elite point guard to run that pick and roll and you know he's just I I don't know something's going on with him he just looks different and quite frankly I'm getting frustrated so my next question to y'all is if you are the Lakers right and the year continues how it's going do you consider blowing it up next year and if so 
is Anthony Davis becoming untouchable, becoming touchable as opposed to being thought of somebody that would never be traded? And what do you think? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I got to be honest with you, Maz. That's kind of where you got to go. I mean, this was a team that everyone was saying was projected to not only win the Western Conference, but win the Western Conference handedly. The, the Warriors weren't supposed to be back where they were, and the Suns were not supposed to be repeating the way they have been. The Lakers were supposed to be, hands down, the best team in the Western Conference, and they simply have not looked like that. And I don't blame LeBron. I don't blame – I mean, part of the blame is on Anthony Davis. Part of the blame is on Russ Weber. It's, I wouldn't say it's a whole blame is on one person. It's a collective blame outside LeBron James right now. And when the season closes and this team is – look, look, they're, I think they're going to be either a 5, 6, or 7 seed. That's where it's, where it's heading right now. If it ends like that and they, they're a first-round exit – you got to consider blowing it up. You, you got some old guys who are getting too much money. So I think you just got to dump those contracts, try to start fresh, get more draft capital, see if you can make a few trades. And yeah, use Anthony Davis. Because certainly some championship roster is going to want Anthony Davis on their team. I mean, in the next few years, who's going to be a championship roster? I think Boston, Dallas, Denver. They're definitely going to be looking for some for a guy that can give them the X factor into make, maybe making a championship run. So if I'm the Lakers, I'm looking at these teams and I'm saying, let's try to get a haul for a guy like Anthony Davis, two first round picks, maybe, and maybe a few seconds and a, and a decent role player. That's where I, where I could see a team get uh, given up for Anthony Davis next year. But yeah, I mean, if this team under, keeps underperforming, you definitely look to consider blowing it up. Uh, I'm gonna keep it short and sweet, fellas. I, I mean, I feel like they should blow it up in the um in um the free like the um the the trade market. the deadline, yeah, the trade market. Like get like get starting early, get some players early, still make that last spot um what, six or seven spot um hopefully. But I just I just don't. I mean, I'm looking at their stats right now. LeBron's at, like is logging like 37 minutes already. And he's not getting any older, um, or any, any younger, younger actually, any, any younger. younger. Um, my apologies, any younger, and like eighties right behind him with twenty, uh, with thirty-five minutes, and um, but LeBron's averaging twenty-six point, uh, point four points, eighty averaging twenty-three point three points. I mean, Russell, I mean, nineteen points. Um, but people seem to forget that Russell Westbrook a couple years ago was a triple double leader. And like, he's not the same, man. Like I don't, but people just are losing faith in Russell. But but forget that he he was the triple double scoring leader a couple of years ago. So obviously he can still like kind of like you know do those things. But I don't know on the Lakers, man. I told you y'all. Like I mean, LeBron's kind of older, so he's not really ball dominant like he used to be. But I mean, when you have Russell, LeBron, and AD. They're all ball dominant players. They want the ball in their hand. Like I said, LeBron is going to order now. He can play more in the paint. But still, like this man is logging more minutes when he should. I mean, the plan was for Lakers to have Russell Westbrook take the load off LeBron, have LeBron kind of you know just go on the bench 
when he gets tired, have Russell carry and AD carry the load, and then Carmelo to come in. But I, I believe the Lakers had like 17 lineup switches already. Like, bro, I mean, I get COVID too. That's the issue. But players have injuries. I don't think Kendrick Nunn has played yet. Like, like you, like Matt said, Trevor Reza uh, was on the bench for an injury. He 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 came off and played. Now he's back in protocol. And it's LeBron had an injury. LeBron had COVID. Russell had COVID. I mean, but listen, like we, I don't know what the Lakers have to do. I, I, I mean, I would say start with uh, with the trade deadline. Get maybe get a point guard who can shoot the goddamn ball. My bad. I might get I might get fined for that. <laughs> like I'm, what, I'm up to like thirty bucks. <laughs> but another one. Like this is my passion, man. Like me being a Lakers fan, like we need to do something fast and quick. I'm man. telling you right now, I think I hold the keys to what needs to be done, bro. And it's gonna be. I'm not saying it's gonna win us a championship, but it's it's definitely worth the shot. Um, call me crazy, uh, Frank Vogel, first person that's got to stand the rotation. I don't know what the hell he's thinking. You got Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Taylor Horton Tucker in your starting lineup. Now, three of those I understand being in the lineup, but here's the problem. Nobody's known for being a shooter. When LeBron James, your best shooter in the lineup, you got a problem. And Bron's been killing it this year, but Bron is not a shooter. Let's not get it twisted. All right. There's not one shooter in those four. And then when you, you know, you you add in a Dwight Howard or a DeAndre Jordan, there's no shooting in the lineup whatsoever. And we keep on going with this as the main lineup. And I don't know what the hell we're doing. Russell Westbrook has never been a good shooter. The shots gotten worse each year. Um, Anthony Davis is having a career low from three point percentage. He, he's shooting like 17, almost uh, just a little under 18%. It's abysmal. Taylor Horton Tucker. I've never seen a kid just waste minutes in my life. You know, we always come at Draymond Green for nuts. Oh, well, people do. I don't, I appreciate Draymond. I think everybody on this podcast understands what Draymond brings to a team and Taylor Horton Tucker is just, it's not like he's just putting up like un, uh, um, unnoticeable stats and, and just doing like grind work. He's just not doing nothing. You know, the kid can't shoot. Uh, he just drives the ball. He's not a great finisher. The defense is all right. He's just lanky, really, but he ain't playing no clamps. He don't bring nothing. And we have this kid in the starting lineup. And I'm not saying he's the, the biggest problem. I'm just saying that the rotation that we have going right now, I, I the matchups – we have Rondo and Russ and THT on the court at the same time. Like, guys, this isn't 1965. You got to have somebody that can sling the ball. I absolutely love that they brought in Isaiah Thomas, not just because I'm a fan, because he spaces the floor. He's a professional bucket getter at the end of the day. I get it. He doesn't play good defense, but he's at least trying out there. You see him making the best of the opportunity. He has the one thing that I think. I think that's lacking on this team, and that's hard. Everybody just gets out there. It's just like, oh, we playing with LeBron and AD and Russ, and they're just going to carry us. Somebody go out there and make a name for yourself. Fight for minutes and stop trying to ride the coattails of bigger star names because you just might be coming for those star spots because they're playing like trash too. I don't know what's going on. The, the, uh, is, the, is the team too old? Was I wrong about that? Maybe the team's too old. I mean, I, it's. I just want to see some better the 20, uh The 2014 Lakers situation. That old <sighs> roster. He just got an old roster. I mean, I don't even think that for me was going on with that. But this one, it's just, it's crazy, man. 
I would like to see them blow it up a little bit. You got, I think, give AD some more time. Um, he's just got the yips going on right now. The kids' generational Russ. I'm not even saying it's Russ's fault, but I just don't know who else is valuable to get something back for it. You, you got to find a way to bring in some shooters, some better role players. And I, I'm gonna be honest, uh, DeAndre Jordan, DeAndre Jordan should not be on the damn team. He don't do nothing. He catches one lob a game and just sitting there playing that Ole defense because everybody running past his ass, the whole team, everybody running past their ass. And I just can't stand it, dude. It's the worst band, brand of basketball I've ever seen out of a, a, a big team like that. Like, it's just yeah. – it's disgusting, dude. I've I never thought you were going to say the worst brand of basketball out of a Laker team. I go, did you not watch the mid-2010s Lakers? No, no, that was bad, dude. Uh, listen, I I watched the Smush Parker, Kwame Brown years. Shout out Kobe Bryant for Jordan having – Jordan Hill years too. <laughs> Listen, fellas, man, I'm in a good mood. Dude, I got my red. It's just not the worst. Dude, hold on a sec. The Lonzo Ingram Lakers was not fun to watch, dude, but they were young, so at least they had the the excuse of not being experienced, but those were rough years. So this is not mm-hmm. – we're sitting at, like, a sixth seed right now as it currently stands You're in the 500. West. 500. Yeah, yeah, we should be well above that, and I think – Are they playing I don't, what's, Yeah, they're playing tonight. Um, I believe, Sun. I hope it ain't the Suns. You sure about that? I'm not sure. Hold I'm on. checking right now. Um, the That's Lakers are playing the Spurs. Should be a win. Should be a win, but here's the problem. Here's the problem. Games have no longer become layups. They've become battles when they shouldn't be battles. And anybody could beat us at this point. That's where we're at. Yeah, that's. I, I'm. I'm afraid. I'm afraid to play with the Orlando Magic at this point, to be honest with you, because I just do not trust this team to close out games because I, they walk in, they look in lazy. And listen, it's it's not everybody. You know, it's it's I can't even put the blame on one person outside of Vogel's rotations, but I can put the blame on just the team's mentality as a whole. All right. Yeah, Maz, Maz is uh touching my on my next on my next point. Like I um see, like I look at it as the Lakers are supposed to be the Yankees of the NBA, man. They bring the championships. They bring the rings. We had the Magic Johnson, the Kobe Bryant's, the Shaquille O'Neal's, the Irving, uh, the, the Magic Johnson's. And like like this match just said, man, we have – I see teams on national television clowning the Lakers, just laughing, just having their good old time. The Lakers, you can't take them seriously this year, man. I, I mean, obviously LeBron – Phenomenal player, he's done his he's he's done his his stuff on the team so far. But the the the, the other players that step up, we got ro- like Russell Westbrook airballing threes, Wayne Ellison wide open in the freaking corner missing airballing threes. Man, like I mean I don't know how that. I mean I guess LeBron. I mean but I don't know how fans are coming to to, to the Stable Center and watching these games, man. I mean, other well, than LeBron, regardless, but, people are gonna come and watch. Because I mean yeah, it's just, you just yeah, said it. They're the Yankees of basketball. They get the celebrities, man. For sure, it's 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 the most famous basketball team in the world at this point, except for the Knicks. You know, um, Bing Bong, <laughs> Bing Bong should be the Yankees of basketball. New York Mets, yo, the yo, New yo, York yo, Mets of basketball. Yo, and who's the president? Joe Byron. Yo, we 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 just introduced Maz to side talk a few weeks ago, dude. I can't. And this man is hooked. I can't stop watching it. It's that's <laughs> it, bro. Like the. You want to know what the La- the Lakers are the definition of bang bang, bro. That's it. Like, I just can't take it. It, as you said, like they're the Yankees of the NBA. Let that sink in. 
you Let know. that sink in, y'all. And like, this is how bad they are. They just coming off a of win in a championship. They're 500, bro. They should be ago. like 20 and 6, bro. They should be 20 and 5, not 16 and 16. That's my point. And I, this just goes to show that like big names doesn't always work out. And it's it's sad to see, but I'm telling you right now, like I, I'm keep like Mel. I can't, it's not Melo's fault. Everybody's like, oh, Carmelo Anthony gonna do nothing, but blah, 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 blah. it ain't Melo's fault, that's for sure. He's coming out and balling. I would love I know he's only on a 10-day right now because of COVID protocols. Don't tell me Isaiah Thomas doesn't belong in this damn league. All right, like don't and everybody uh, anybody that gets at me is like, dude, he was one for eleven the other day. Rondo was like 0 of 6. THT was literally 1 of 13. And IT had a better plus minus playing more minutes than both of them. So I don't know where the hell everybody's coming at that. But to me, they, they got to start moving some pieces around. And they really got to start looking at who's actually. And I just can't take it anymore, man. So this leads me to my next question. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. But go ahead, go ahead, man. Go ahead. You, no, you you so I, so I was gonna ask y'all. So the next question, I, I, mean, I bet you probably ask, ask this question too. But like, okay, so you would be want to vote that roster. So like, if you being a Lakers fan, Maz, and and could take a, like, who would we want to help help out? Who 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 would we bring in? You can't bring in a superstar. Another superstar. I think you just got to start bringing in young talent. You got to bring in some young, fresh faces, guys out of college, and, and maybe just, like, start to just freshen up. I feel like the Lakers, what we've said so far is just the problem is they're not athletic anymore. A lot of these guys on this team are just not athletic enough to run with the teams like the Suns or the Warriors or the Nuggets. I, I mean, they're just not going to run with those teams. You need to get some young guys. You need to build from the outside. Look what the Warriors have done. The Warriors have gone done from the core of Curry, Thompson, Draymond, and Iguodala and Sean Livingston, and they've brought in guys like Damian Lee. They brought in guys like Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. They brought in fresh faces, and they they haven't really deviated away from the game plan. But they brought in guys that can help out. Mm-hmm. You need to sort of develop people. You can't just rely on. Guys in their mid thirties just come in, just be who they were six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just That's not going to work out. Lakers yeah. got to start building through the draft, and maybe just deal some of those those old guys away and try to see if they can clear cap space for younger talent. They they should start, or they should build around. Obviously, have LeBron, but like that that dude on the bench, Austin Reeves, man, AR fifteen, man, he's uh-huh. he's serious, man. So build build around him. Um, or LeBron, but then have him incorporate. That's a young piece right there. Like, you know, um, he had the game winner the other day, clutch shot, probably like a, a lucky shot, but still had to win the game. But look, the Lakers are, I'm going to look at their schedule, like their past schedule, their past games. They're, 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 they're losing to the Bulls, which is pretty good, but they had a, a COVID-19 outbreak. Um, They lost like nine players. Like, um, they, they lost to the Thunder like a couple of times. I mean, team that sh- teams that are below 500, they're, they're losing to. And it just proves that point that, like, we're not, A, I want to be, I mean, I want to be surprised if we lose to the freaking Knicks right now, man. Like, that's, they're, we're pretty even with them, man. Um, it, And we're 500. And I feel like, like I said, like, we should be a winning team. And we, we just don't, I agree with you, and I feel like we should bring in some young talent, people that have legs, fresh legs, fresh mindsets. And had those younger guys like LeBron and AD mentoring them. I mean, like, like think about it. We have Russ, LeBron, AD, 
Carmelo. They're all mentors. And if they can bring in, I, I would say, fire Frank Vogel. I don't know. It's I, I mean, it starts with the head coach, man. So, I mean, I don't like you, you can't place me all on him, but like it's not his fault that the COVID or whatever and all these like protocols and stuff, but like, like what can I mean, is that the answer too? Like, new coach, new, 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 you gotta new start staff? thinking, it. you gotta start thinking it. Um, you, you know, I, I don't, they, they got Fitz chilling there. I like Fitz, you know, Fitz, oh, Fitz, 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 Fitz has been sitting there for. Uh, you know, the season, I don't know if he's the guy, but you got to start questioning it a little bit. I mean, he's getting the same results that Vogel's getting when Vogel was in protocol. So nothing's really changing. Who knows? Maybe you need to go in a different direction with Fizz. So I don't know, but Fizzdale could definitely be a candidate. It's that's a little hard for me to see who's going to be the next coach. Um, But obviously I think they're going to be rocking with Vogel. I think the move is definitely to get Russ out of there and I'm not blaming Russ for everything. It's just, like I said, he's the only, person I see a value that's that should be that that I'm willing to let go with first you know and I think a reasonable trade call me I think you you look at the Knicks and you try to get a Kemba Walker I just think it's a better stylistic I, I disagree I, I think it's a better stylistic because what are you going to get for it? if you can get a buddy has been underperforming this year that's right, but Kemba's got the dog in him, and he his play style will actually suit them better on offense because he can space the floor, and he doesn't have to be, you know, the the main guy. He he's got some help in LeBron, and maybe AD gets it together. Because here's the thing: you got too many bodies in the paint right now. You just need somebody that can score outside of the paint, and and I, you're not gonna get a Steph Curry. You know, we all know this. You're not getting a Trey Young. Well, you could definitely you, get something better than. You might be Walker able, for Andy I, Davis. I don't even know if we're if we could talk about it. I don't even know if we can get a buddy healed like we talked about earlier in the season. I would love to get a buddy healed for Russ, but I just think they're too guard heavy. I mean, they already got Davion Mitchell, they got De'Aaron Fox. Why would they want a Russell Westbrook? I don't know. Um, I don't want a Ben Simmons because he ain't gonna change nothing for us. I mean, yeah, defense might get better, but we need a shooter, we need a scorer. That's the biggest problem with this team. I'm not uh like it's not like Russ plays, you know, lockdown defense. He's a he's an okay he's an okay defender. He's a good defender at times. Um, necessarily clamps like he used to be. This is not OKC Westbrook. Westbrook is still a quality player. It's just a stylistic nightmare. And I'm saying it for anybody that was out there, my man Tony Miller. Oh, we've had this conversation a lot. Russ is it's just not the, the move. And I was wrong about that. I was just getting uh, you know, star name uh up in my head, and I, I thought that was gonna be it. I think a Kemble Walker, even though he's a little streaky, I'll I could deal with Kemble going through the streaks if he could still space the floor for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I like you know the he's gonna buy you because he's a it, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I I like the philosophy of getting another shooter for the Lakers and in turn dealing a guy like Andy Davis to get a prominent shooter. But I feel like Kemba Walker, he's underperforming this year. He's not as quick as he used to be. He doesn't have that, that, that flash that we, we saw at his early years in Charlotte and in UConn. 
I think maybe you could see maybe like a, a Lowry maybe. I mean, I, I know he's as old, maybe older, but he's still got more step than Kemba has right now. I like I like a Van Fleet. We need him. Yo, I was thinking Van Fleet too, but I just don't know if they do the trade. Yeah. I like that a lot. I don't I, – I, I'm not big on the Kyle Lowry thing because I, at this stage in the game, I'd rather have – I think Kemba has more upside. Than Kyle Lowry. I mean, Kemba just went for 44 points tonight in a loss for crying out loud. How about you know, a Jalen Brown? Yo, I, I don't I think he's too big. I, I don't think we would be able to get has the value for a Jalen Brown. You know, I, I love in all this. Listen, don't get me wrong, my ideal situation. Would legitimately be hey, LA gets on the phone, they call up Philly, they call up Portland and be like, all right, what do we need to do to send Ben Simmons to Portland, send Dame down to LA, and send Russ and THT and whatever else you need over to Philly? I just don't know if it's gonna happen. You know, we know Russ and uh Embiid kind of got some bad blood, but that's my that's like my pinnacle scenario. You move, you use those to end up with a Damian Lillard. I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think we have enough. We don't have enough assets for it. They're not going to want to do that. They'd rather they'd rather be a second-round knockout with Damian Lillard than not have him at all, you know? So it's interesting for me. Like I said, Buddy Heald, too. I, I think Buddy would be a good piece. I just don't see the Kings wanting a Russell Westbrook with the heavy guard lineup, with the heavy guard rotation that they already got, they have a quality point guard in De'Aaron Fox. And Davion Mitchell is clamps, you know. Off night is killing it. But I don't know. I, I think Walker, may, even if Van Vliet, I think those are the two guys you got to try to target and figure it out. But, you know, moving on, of course. I don't know what they're going to do. We're going to have to figure it out. Yeah, it's a perfect wrap up there, Maz. So, like, moving on. Oh, before we move on from NBA, we haven't addressed the big elephant in the room since we since we haven't recorded in that time. Congratulations, Stephen Curry, breaking the all time three point mark. Of course, of course. Ray Allen. We have we haven't recorded since then because of finals, but I saw that huge game. Shout out to the man, man. I saw that game live on TV, and me and my brother were down here. We were watching the game, and as soon as he hit, he could only need two to. Two to eclipse like the record. He hit that first shot wet. He missed the second shot he took, but then the third shot when Wiggins passed to him, that shit was wet. Dude, the the one that he broke the record on, he just chucked it. Catch and shoot, set his feet, sort of faded away. Like oh my just chucked it. That's that's the perfect shot to analyze why he's the best shooter of all time. That guy has revolutionized the game. I said to my cousin Eric back in the day, the year before he won the MVP, that this guy was going to win the MVP. Look, it's unguardable. He's shooting 10 feet behind the line at a consistent rate. It's insane. I did not think we would see basketball change from being an inside-out kind of a game. And and we 100% see that the game has evolved. You got to have – if you ain't shooting the three, you ain't doing nothing because there is no centers that are at Shaq's level – of dominance at a Wilt Chamberlain level of dominance to not be shooting the three at this point. You know, Carl Anthony Towns, Joel Embiid, Jokic, D 
these are the top centers in the NBA. Anthony Davis, a top um, power forward in the game. The only guy that's really able to get away without having a solid three ball is Giannis, and you still see him attempted just to keep people honest. Yeah. You know, he's done for the game of basketball. And that's the thing. You no longer see, like, you be at, at the basketball court and people are yelling Kobe, right? People aren't yelling LeBron no more. They're yelling Curry. Everybody, you go down to any local park and little kids are shooting it 10 feet behind the three-point line. Obviously, it's not an NBA three at the local park, but wherever that three-point line is, everybody wants to chuck it up. The guy is revolutionized. He's inspired. And I don't know if it's for the good or the bad. Um, I think it's cool if you can do it, but I think it's awful for basketball moving forward. Because everybody just want to be shooters. Nobody want to do the fundamentals no more, the things that actually makes you good. I think what people don't understand is the amount of time that Steph Wardell Stephen Curry has spent on perfecting his craft to become the best shooter. That's not a talent. That is nothing but hard work, dedication, and grueling hours of perfecting the shot. Yeah. I mean, uh, like the only question is, is is like who can eclipse him? But in the thing, and the scary part is that he's still at what? How old is like 20, 20, 30 maybe in the thirties, early thirties? Curry's like thirty two, I believe. Thirty two. So I mean, he's still gonna be in the league for a quite a long, a quite a while. So I just don't with the rate he's going at. Just like Matt said, like I don't see anyone. I mean, I think I follow a list. I think Harden is up there. Um, no, Dame's up there. Dame's not. Dame, Dame's up there. I mean, I just don't see anyone like eclipsing Curry because he's still gonna go. I, I think by the time he retires, he's gonna have like five thousand threes, man. Yeah, and no one will ever hit that. Mark. Yeah, I, I, don't, don't, think. Think I don't think so. To a more three point century, maybe but... maybe Clay if if he's no. healthy. You think no. so? Maybe Trey Young, but Trey's I gonna do it. See it, but he's if gonna Trey have... does it, it's gonna be at a less um. It's going to be at a, a way less efficient rate because yeah, Steph's doing it as like 40s. Yeah, Steph's doing it with the efficiency. That's the thing. And the one thing that you said, Big J, with uh, he's that style of game, it ages well. You know, we see guys that come in athletic freaks, but their window of greatness is only so long. They can't sustain it with how they play because it's just too much for the body to take for him. As long as he keeps his ankles healthy, he'll be playing for years to come because it's not a lot of wear and tear as opposed to being a high-contact dunker highlight reel. Look at Blake Griffith, the absolute perfect example of it. Blake had his run, but now that he's at that age where I believe Blake might be around like 34-ish, 35-ish. You know, I think he's that old, is he? Blake is, I'm sorry, Blake is 32. That's just goes to prove my point. Like, he was drafted in 2010, I think. Yeah, my bad. I, I had my things messed up. I feel like Blake is so much older than he really is. Like, Steph's a year older than him. Mm-hmm. And Blake's already a shell of what he used to be. Yeah. And that's, I don't mean no disrespect. It's just, that's just how it is. You know, when you're dealing with um that style of play, Steph is going to be balling. Even if Steph... Wants to just be like a six man or a off the bench shooter, like a, a JJ Redick. He, he could do that for years to come. It's whenever he wants to hang up the sneakers. Now, knowing that how the, the competitiveness in him, I think the second that he's not a star anymore, he will walk away from the game. But if he doesn't want to and he just loves playing basketball in the NBA at that level, 
he'll be chilling for as long as he wants because you can't guard that. Is just the way he like um the way he finds his shot, the way he works for his not not just when when on ball offense, his off ball offense like you know cutting running cutting from uh from elbow to elbow from base on the baseline to getting open like. And other than Clay Thompson, I don't I, I don't know any other like player who has that that off ball kind of you know movement to get the shot open. Yeah, I, I mean Curry's got. I, I forgot who I heard this from uh, on TV, but I thought it was the perfect analogy as to why Steph Curry is the greatest shooter ever. Usually great shooters have either one of the, like the three main traits that you need to be a great shooter, which is you can either catch and shoot, you can shoot on the run, or you could shoot off the dribble. Steph Curry has all three. And I and they said I forgot who it was, but they said there is there is never and there will never be another player like Steph Curry who has all three of those fundamentals wrapped into one player, and that's what makes him so special. I mean, we can compare him to like the Tom Brady man, like people like of the NFL, like you know, not with age, but with like play style. Like there will never be another Tom Brady. I'm telling you right now, Steph Curry has done more for the game of basketball than Tom Brady has done for football. And that's one hell of a statement because Tom Brady is undoubtedly the greatest player we've ever seen in the NFL. Maybe not the most talented, but by far the greatest career, by far the greatest career of all time. We will never see another Tom Brady, but Tom Brady did not revolutionize football the way that Steph Curry revolutionized basketball. Tom Brady was basically like, hey, this is how you play football, and I'm going to play it to the highest level. It's like, Steph, here's how you play basketball. I'm going to throw it the tra- – I'm going to throw the tradition of it completely out the window, and I'll – to be successful. I'm going to take this to a new level. So if you're looking in terms of career achievements, yeah, Tom Brady over Steph Curry. But in terms of what they've contributed to the game, I don't know if anybody's ever revolutionized a sport the way that Steph Curry has revolutionized the game of basketball. You got the Wilt Chamberlains. You got Barry Bonds, you know. But Steph has... We're talking about completely changing the game and how it was intended to be played. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's all. That thing that's how we that's how we got to end it right there. That's now. that's another that's a segment though. Like who if Tom Brady? Oh, this from another show. But I had an idea. Like who if Tom Brady didn't really start the game? Who did? We can do our research on that. I'm and, telling you right now, quarterbacks. Michael Vick revolutionized quarterbacks. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You at the quarterback position, and even before him, you had the the Randall Cunninghams. I think Peyton Manning. How okay? Hit us as a field general. You would never have guys changing plays at the line as much as Peyton Manning has done. Peyton Manning revolutionized the game in the terms of quarterbacks had to have the football IQ beforehand. You had your Brett Favre's. You had your Keith Stablers, you had your Terry Bradshaw. Let's just wing it, go deep, and all that. That was quarterbacks. Quarterbacks now now need need to be smart and understand coverages in order to play the game. Now, Mm -hmm. and Peyton Manning was the one who did it. 
for sure. I, I think that's a that's a solid take. Um, coming back to the Vic one, you know, you who had Cunningham doing it, but if you look at Michael Vick, if there's no Michael Vick, there's no Patty Mahomes, there's no Cam Newtons. Anybody that throws on the run and is a dual threat quarterback, Mike Vick to me just did it at another level of guys. And if Vick doesn't have the conviction and stuff, still and just gets like that entire time of no distractions, just playing football, I don't know where the game would be. At. I don't know where his career would be at because he's one of the best ever. He's I'm a Cowboys fan, and Michael Vick might be. It, is 100% my favorite quarterback of a thing, man. If if you didn't like Mike Vick, you didn't like football, you know, or your team was a rival of the Atlanta Falcons. But in terms of not only that, though, right, because we automatically jump right to the quarterback. No, position. I mean, I was going to say I was say the, team, the player that changed the game for me, I mean, even I didn't see him play. Is, Are you going to say Lawrence Taylor? It's Jerry Rice, man. Okay, Jerry because, Rice. Without, listen, but let, oh, I mean, I know uh, Jerry Rice, there will be no Randy Moss. Without Jerry Rice, there would be no um in the sense Terrell of Owens. Terrell in Owens. Sense of huh? I said in the sense of like in how turn, right? in terms of in terms of like the position, man. Just the way it mossing people up. Um Jerry Rice was was snagging was snag, snagging uh defensive backs. He changed the game. Like I mean, I think Randy Moss or someone was doing a take on East Ten and he 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 missing Jerry Rice. And um, just thinking about it, like, you know, the games that he went off during the Niners years, like, there will be no other receiver like him, man. And all the receiving, all the receiving, um, like, I guess he has, I don't think a receiver was going to catch that uh, that milestone. But, like, 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 think about it. Without him, there'll be no Randy Moss. There'll be no Toronto. There'll be no Chad Otosango. He changed that that position. I'm with him on that too. I wasn't even thinking Jerry, to be honest with you. Um, and uh, who's the running back? You're right, um, Barry Sanders you look, too, man. Yeah, if you look at if you look at Jerry Rice, he he definitely revolutionized the position because teams are more pass oriented now than ever, and guys aren't gonna catch his numbers because they're just that elite. He just took it to a whole another level. I mean, Randy Moss and Terrell Owens are the second and third greatest wide receivers. And he's still in a class of his own. It's just insane. But when I'm thinking about it too, I'm thinking about in terms of revolutionizing the game. I'm thinking about players where we will never see another one like it. It's just still we're not even quite sure what we saw. And I didn't see it, but Lawrence Taylor absolutely revolutionized defense. Just being able to go basically wherever you want and just coming off that edge. The nastiest thing ever. Without Lawrence Taylor, you don't have these edge rushers like we're seeing it that are so prominent. There's no Michael Parsons without Lawrence Taylor. That's where we're at now. Defensive ends went from being just... They've always been big and athletic, but they've never dominated a game on that level where offensive game plan is focused on shutting down that end. I also think Aaron Donaldson has uh, revolutionized defensive Donald? tackle position. Yeah, Aaron, my bad. I Peterson, not, Stevens. That's a I story for get, another day. I don't know what's going another on. Another day, with me, uh, man. Podcast. It's another story. Jeez. Yeah. I, mean, I, I have a problem. Anything with that ends in an ON, uh, if, it, if it ends in ON, I'm adding a son to it. If it ends in SON, 
I'm taking away the S. I don't know what's going on with me lately. Aaron Donald revolutionized the, the defensive tackle position because entire game plans are now being focused upon shutting down your nose tackle for crying out loud. And it's insane. And there's just guys all around. But for me, I think Hackful 1 has to be Mike Vick only because we are now seeing quarterbacks. Basically, you have to be a a dual-threat quarterback to succeed in this league. If I had to pick one non-quarterback who is is a game-changer, in my opinion— I maybe have to go in the realm of like a Deion Sanders. I like that. Elaborate. Because before Deion Sanders, cornerbacks were not heralded as big stars. They were sort of just like, oh, there's the cornerback. He just more of most of them were run stuffers. They weren't really big in coverage. Deion made himself into more than any guy had ever done before he made himself he, he had a personality he had that that agenda to get he was probably the highest paid cornerback ever at the time when he got signed and he paved the way for cornerbacks to get paid he was one of the best coverage backs cornerbacks to ever play the game and i just think Deion sanders now now look what he's doing in the hbcu what he just did with jackson state he got the number one recruit in the country he's going to florida Deion state sanders, Deion Sanders' influence on the game of football cannot be understated. And I love the man, too. Like, he's just one of the funniest guys ever. I do I not love Deion Sanders. I'm just, I like, but I don't know. I'm just, like, I'm, I'm looking at this freaking list on the receiving yards. Um, Jerry Rice holds the record with 22,895. Uh, right, right, right behind him is Larry Fitzgerald, who has 17,000, but he's not in the league anymore. Um, but look at the own. difference for how long they had to play, right? Right, I, right. Bryce, and Bryce did and not the new play rules. as long as Fitz. And, and I the new rules, that. yeah. And that's the thing, too. As we said, like, the league has changed has to a changed. passing league. Imagine if Jerry Rice was playing today with the primary game plan of your offense is to throw downfield. You know, it's it, back in the day, it was always – and we, even when we were growing up, to heavily give it to you, your best athlete, your running back, Give it to your running back and, and see what he can do. Now we're at a point where your best your best athlete is your quarterback in most cases. Obviously, you have your Tom Brady still in the league. You still have your Matthew Stafford, your tra- these traditional types of quarterbacks. But everybody who's making an impact that's coming up, they are not sitting in the pocket. You know, they they can sit in the pocket, but they able to even get looks. I feel like. Yeah. Did I lag out again? No, you're good. Oh, bet. But um, yeah, fellas, I I don't know. And let's look at basketball. Back to basketball for a second, too. Steph Curry revolutionized the game. Magic Johnson revolutionized the game in terms of I I think Magic's the first really like positionless guy where it's like, hey, one through five, I'ma play and, and it's gonna be successful at it. Will Chamberlain with the paint dominance revolutionized the game. Yeah, three second rule. Exactly. Shaq, uh, Shaq revolutionized the game, you know, um, especially with the hack of Shaq and stuff, just building off a wilt. But there's just so many athletes and it's great to see, like we're, we're living through this, man. I feel like a lot of sports history 
we we oh, we yeah. missed out on a big bunch of it, and I don't think people actually would like understand. We're gonna be sitting here doing a pot in chairs, you know, in our, in our old age, and we're gonna be looking back on it and be like, dude, we lived through Steph Curry, you know, we lived through Tom Brady, we lived through just some of the greatest names. There's so many great players, but and the funny thing is. We're talking about our grandkids, and they'd be like, "Yo, we we, we live through Tom Brady." You'd be like, "Who, dude? Dude, worst <laughs> part is, I know for a fact I'm gonna be sitting there, and like, I'm gonna have like my grandkids gonna say something stupid, like, so and so, the new basketball players, the the greatest of all time, and I'm just gonna rise. You're gonna from- be the old head, dude. You're gonna I'm, be no, old head. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be like the grandfather that, like, you know, just chilling." Not really saying much, not getting too big on the conversation until somebody says this new guy is the greatest of all time. And I'm going to just rise up like a fire phoenix, bro, and just be like, you didn't see Mike. I didn't even see Mike. You didn't see Kobe. You didn't see LeBron. I lived through sign out loud. Like, how dare you? ever spew this blasphemy i i just know i'm definitely going to be hating on like younger guys to come and i'm not going to be giving them their flowers but maybe that's wrong of me but i just know that where the game's going it's definitely going to be easier to play than how it how when we were growing up because the nba is is starting to get back to that hard-nosed basketball but even the nfl too like there's just so many rules changing it's just like it's it's a completely different game than what we're used to, man. And I'm afraid for the direction that they're going. I like that the NBA is starting to bring back, uh, you know, allowing players to actually play defense. But I just know how it's going to be, and I'm going to lose my mind when that day comes, dog. Yeah, like I said on previous podcast episodes, like, I mean, we are in good hands with when the players that we were talking about, LeBron, the KDs, the Steph Currys, um, when they all – had to hang it up. I mean, I think, I mean, I, I mean, to be a sports broadcaster, we are, we, we are going to have a lot of content to cover with all these generational talents. We got Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Mahomes in, in the NFL. We have Luka Doncic. We have Trey Young. We have Jokic. Still, he's still young. Um, Giannis, he's still kind of, he's like 26, 27. I mean, I'm excited for, Matt is kind of smirking. I don't know if I said something funny or. <laughs> I just want to know. I, I'm putting out a challenge to you, Big J. Oh, I want to know if we could get through one podcast where I don't bring up Isaiah Thomas and you don't bring up Lamar Jackson. I think that's going to be the challenge moving ahead. No, see. that's the new fine. That's the new fine. Anytime. <laughs> I mean, we you have. bring up I mean, Isaiah Thomas, Maz, and you bring up Lamar Jackson, Jay. A dollar in the fine jar. Okay, no, after but, this podcast, no, though, we, because I'm we have, have, Yeah, we'll set it next podcast. We have to talk about Lamar because, like, we're in a tough. Oh, no, I'm gonna come back to it. I talking about NFL content, like a playoff game or something like that, or like you just can't bring up Lamar in just a random conversation. I'm, I'm the same with the people who have changed the game. Lamar is behind Michael Vick with that, you know, have run the ball. Yo, he's threat. he's like fourth in line for that. How? Listen. Lamar Jackson, yeah. Yo, you got, listen, you got the man said like the man said himself. Michael Vick said himself that he he sees resemblance of himself. I mean, come Yo, on, but bro. there's but listen, listen. 
I got in terms of revolutionizing it. I got yeah. I got Cunningham. I got yeah. Vic. Michael. I Vick. got Cam Newton in front. Of, I got Tim Tebow in Florida above that. That might sound wild, but I Tim listen. Tebow. I just remember him taking off like crazy. Tim Tebow was balling well, yeah, down in, in college. college. Yeah, but NFL we kind you of know. like um, yeah. We need a thirty for thirty on the 08 Gators team. Come on, dude! Don't even give me make started. it happen. That's it's, yeah, make it happen. I, I was seeing stuff today on uh, Twitter about it. Dude, 08 I, Gators, thirty for thirty. We need I, it because now it's after the Urban Meyer saga, thing ever, man. It's yo. You know what? I, I'm gonna use that transition right there. The Urban, Urban Meyer, Meyer saga. Urban Meyer just got the boot from Jacksonville, and what are you thinking on it? Oh, I man. mean, I think it was three months too late. I mean, the, I didn't even get the hire when that happened. Like, what? Like, I thought, like, when you're bringing in one of the greatest quarterback talents in the last 30 years, he's definitely, I think he's definitely above Peyton Manning in terms of prospect level, Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think he was as hyped as Andrew Luck was. So I'll, pro- I'll probably put him at two. You don't the- think Trevor Lawrence was as hyped as Andrew Luck was? No. Oh, I don't know about Andrew that. Andrew Luck was way hyped. It was sucked for Luck, man. I get that. And Andrew Luck was awesome. I hate to see him retire. But, dude, Trevor Lawrence did not lose a regular season game since before high school. His only the two losses. What the his, prospects were saying about him. I think Andrew Luck was receiving dude, more praise than Trevor Lawrence was. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I, I don't know if I've lived through a a, uh, a quarterback prospect like Trevor Lawrence. Just a, I remember the buzz around Andrew Luck, but I just feel right. like uh, – right. Just for the sake of the argument, I'm just saying. I'm yeah. just saying. Like, just – you're bringing in a guy like that. Yeah. You want to give him a coach who is young – Fresh face who has NFL coaching experience, not as an offensive coordinator or a quarterback's coach. You want some guy who has had experience as a coordinator at the NFL level. You do not want to bring in a guy who has had numerous incidents coaching college football originally for Florida. And then he went to Ohio state and he had an issue with, uh, what was it? One of his side assistant coaches was assistant coach was a POS. Yeah, he was a he was racist, right? And then he had to fake a heart condition almost and then get out of that. Oh, dude, my bad. I thought you were talking about what happened in Ohio State. Dude, yeah, I'm, I'm, you, I'm talking about that too. Yeah, I mean, you had a guy. Awesome. You had a guy where you said with Urban Meyer. And I love Urban Meyer, dude. Don't get me wrong. I love He's Urban fun. Meyer because I love him because of that Gators team, man. He made football so much fun. But he left Florida because he knew that all the stuff that was going to come out against that team – I mean, you had let's do that was murderers. You had rapists. You had race, racists, cis. You, you, you had everything. So, um, you had a lot going on, and you know he he got out of there before he went down with the ship, and then he shoots over to Ohio State where the assistant coach is, uh, you know, just a horrible human being. Uh, and he having some heart marriage. condition on the way out. What's up? And they faked the heart condition on the way out. Yep, uh, he, he had to get out of that. I think the coach had some. I think he was like beating his wife or something, some awful thing. Yeah, I forget what was going on completely. But then you had the strength and conditioning coach that he brought into Jacksonville Ooh, had racist. a racist incident at a 
previous college. I think it was Iowa. I'm not positive where he was, though. I'd have We'd have to look that up. But, I mean, yeah. Urban Meyer brings a lot of baggage, man, and you make a great point of why not to Yeah, but like, yeah, and then you, you, you just factor in, he, he, he's had three years or was two years where he just hasn't been coaching. He's been sitting on the sideline just in Florida, just sunbathing. I just didn't think it was the right hire from the get-go. You had many other more qualified candidates. I just think it was just Shad Khan, who really has no experience in doing this sort of thing. He just goes – uh, I saw Urban Meyer at Ohio State, and I saw him at Florida win national championships in college. He'll be perfect. And then it just didn't correlate. I mean, he's he had clashes with the players. I mean, you all heard the whole Marvin Jones incident. When Marvin Jones was so close to throwing hands with him. I mean, you had Trevor Lawrence sort of just like – Trevor Lawrence is the most quiet guy mm-hmm. I've ever seen in, on a football field. And I'm sure Trevor Lawrence was ready to just blast his coach. That's how bad it was, and, you know. And then he had the whole incident in Cincinnati, where he was in Cincinnati, and then the team flew home without him. Who doesn't fly back with their team? You I mean, let's fly oh, back with your team. Hold on, he was stopping to see some family members. I know what you're saying. And, and here's the thing: you right? do it on a Saturday night. You do it the you, night before the game. You don't do it the night after the game. You do. You get all that stuff out of the way. That's why they have the sat. They fly in on Saturdays. You, if you have family, you do it with your family then. You know what Don't I think? Do it on Monday nights. You know what I think the problem with being a a, a successful coach in college, uh, a successful head coach in college, and then coming to the NFL. Think about it like this, man. The being a college coach, you're basically a dictator of a small nation. You know, like a little yeah. micro nation, mm-hmm. and you basically you have you have control over <clears throat> everything. Everybody basically addresses to you as if you're. The dean, the top general, the player coaching relationship down in college compared to the NFL, it's a lot more yes, sir type stuff down in college, you know, because of the age gap before. Where now you're in the NFL and Sean McVay coaches some guys that are older than him for crying out loud. It's you have to approach it completely differently. You're dealing with grown men instead of, you know, uh, teenagers at the end of the day. And I, I, if you don't put that ego aside, I think as we've seen historically, it bites you. And it's not to say that nobody can make the transition. I just think it, it it's a lot better going into being a, into a coordinator position and kind of getting that ego check as opposed to just going straight to the head coaching spot. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Ant. Like, I mean, I saw like, I mean, like terrific head, uh, coach for college. Um at Florida and Ohio State, like the, the first couple of years, until um, that scandal. But I, I, I agree on the end. Like I, I when I saw the breaking news about Urban Meyer, I mean, yeah, I, I figured he got the job because he was the more popular uh, college coach. Come, I mean, college coach coming in. Um, but it just didn't fit well. Like you know, just because, like, I agree with you, Maz. I, I feel like a college coach should like. Transition to be like a smaller role, like kind of like you know, a defensive coordinator, or like you know, but they got to get that reality check, know the right, know the playbook, know the system. And Urban Meyer is just like kicking, like kicking kickers, man. Like, yo, y'all think that happened? Y'all think no that happened? <laughs> uh, I mean, with all the other stuff that's happened, I would not, yeah, knock probably it out of the possibility. 
Notice, but like you're right, and like Trevor Lawrence is very a very quiet a quiet player, and I don't think I don't know if he's at or or if he took an interview or did a report in an article. I'm not sure if he said anything, but like that just proves that he's more mature than Urban Meyer. Man, this obviously he's still young. He's a quarterback, and him, you know, just you know, level headed and focused and well, mature. The problem, right? I think Urban would have been there, even if even if they had the worst record. I, I don't even know if he was getting fired, if, if he still had the respect of the locker room organization. The problem is, is like, you know, he lost that, especially I, I think it went right out the window this, right after the Cincinnati incident. Um, Clearly, it wasn't there before that, though. I think that was just like the final straw where you knew it was any any little thing. He's gone. We we just want like the fresh start. The problem with it is that Urban just he's not going to adjust, man. He's a guy that's not going to change because he knows his resume, but it's a resume at a different level. I think he's going to be a head coach somewhere. I I think he's going to be at like some mid level school, like a South Carolina. I'm thinking USC, possible. Oh no, no, didn't USC just hire Lincoln Riley? Oh, did they just hire somebody though? Yeah, yeah, Lincoln Riley. Riley. My bad, my bad. Yeah, no, you're good. Uh, I think like a South Carolina, you know, he's just going to go to like a little SEC or ACC squad Spencer and he's going to chill. South Carolina. What's up? Spencer Rattler just uh, transferred to South Carolina. Yeah, I don't know if he's – I don't know if Meyer's going like right away, but I, I could see mm. in like in like two years Urban Meyer coming back, getting the itch. And yeah, I think he'll be successful. I'm not saying he's going to win no national title, but I, I think he'll go to a program and have them in the top 25 in that bottom – uh, rung of the 25, you know, maybe around like the 22 spot. He's going to win, you know, X amount of games a year. At The booster is going to be happy, and he's just going to keep on doing his thing. And I could see people like Spencer Rattler that are, you know, struggling at their colleges that are still like big talents, just need to change the scenery, are going to want to go play for an Urban Meyer because they know what he brings at the college level. Very, very good point. Um, to so, transition, mm-hmm. to transition from that, with with uh the Jacksonville Jaguars and stuff. If if you are the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Who are you looking to bring in as your next head coach? I had um, th- I had three names come to my mind, and the number one. Is definitely that Chiefs OC uh, Eric Bieniemy. Here's the thing with Eric Bieniemy that I'm a little thrown off by. There have been a lot of talks about him in the last few years. There's got to be something that we don't know about him that that's the reason why he's not getting hired. You know, it, it just seems very sketchy that he's been the OC for Kansas City for all these years, and and no one's really scooped him up yet. You know. Yeah, I don't know what's up with it, but I mean, the guy is quality, right? Like, we cannot just sit there and say offense is on Patty Mahomes. Don't get me wrong, they got a lot of talent. They have a phenomenal front office uh, working right now. They just made all those moves to build up the line. I, obviously, you got Travis Kelsey over there. You, you got Patty Mahomes. You got, um, I was about to say, Watkins like an idiot. My bad. Um, Help me out here, yo. Uh, dude, so fast, too. I, I literally... Wait, what are you talking about? 
The the wide receiver for the Chiefs, man. Sammy Watkins. Harry Kill. No, no. Hell, thank you. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> like you said, Watkins. I'm like, what? My bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I know. I know that they got a lot of talent, right? But I, I just think this guy just. He's definitely has to be part. He's he's got to be part of that success, man. You Here's know? the I know Trevor is going to be involved in the talks for the next head coach. They already uh, said that in the last uh, sort of article came out that they're saying that Trevor asked front office like, "Hey, let me get in on the next talks about the next head coach." So Trevor will definitely have a a role to play. Some head coach nominees I was looking off here: uh, Byron Leftwich. He's the offensive coordinator for the Bucks. I mean, I don't he know how much of his success a, has been contributed to Brady coming. So he was a the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback back in the day, was he not? Byron Lethwich? Yes. I remember Maybe. playing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm going to look it up right now. I remember playing with Brian Leftwich on NFL Street, and he was 100% the Jaguars starting quarterback in that game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, I don't know how much of his success has been elevated by Tom Brady playing quarterback for the Bucks, So you, you, they'll definitely take a look at him. I mean, Josh McDaniels, you, you've seen what he's been doing with the Patriots that they were the rookie quarterback and Mac Jones. Josh McDaniels has truly elevated Mac Jones to way beyond what we thought he could ever be. And I, I think maybe give him a guy like Trevor Lawrence with, I would say, even double the talent of Mac Jones is Trevor Lawrence. I'm not sold on Mac Jones yet, but we'll get to that in a second. Okay, but Josh Jan- Josh McDaniels is making Mac Jones look incredible. For sure. I can see a so guy like that. Give him a guy like Trevor Lawrence as a head coach. I think uh, that that might be the higher the Jaguars could look for. I mean, my – Go ahead, my man. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, like, my opinion was, I mean, instead of bringing someone outside the team, I would say look for someone internal. Because you're gonna have you're gonna waste all that time with the outside coach not knowing the playbook, not knowing the schemes. I would say find someone. Just, just, what just playbook? Just, what playbook? Like, they ain't got a playbook. The playbook is garbage. They got no talent on that team. Their playbook is They eliminated their best playmaker in James Robinson this whole year, dude. I uh, which I never understood why they drafted Travis Etienne in the first round when they had arguably a top five back last year in James mm-hmm. Robinson. Dude, made they, zero sense. They make questionable decisions down in Jacksonville. Even before Urban Meyer, don't sit there and tell me that Urban Meyer is the only reason why Jacksonville is making questionable decisions. They've been making questionable decisions. They've even, uh, look, they blew up that defense. They had one of the greatest defense in the NFL, and they said, screw it, goodbye, we're gone. We're, we're, it's not going anywhere. It's not working. All they needed to do, in my opinion, back when they when they had um Bortles, they were a quarterback away from from the Super Bowl, my man. If they, if you just had a a mid, if you even just had Kirk Cousins in Jacksonville, they might have been in the in the Super Bowl, man. That's how bad Bortles was, and, and that team was that good. But they blew everything up. They didn't want to get anybody. They said, "Oh no, Bortles is our guy." Like, how do you not see that he's the only problem that you got going right now? I see Kellen Moore's in the discussion. Offense coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's too young. I don't think he's as uh, accomplished as some of the other guys. So I don't see him going, but he is a name out there. But we'll see then what again, happens. Yeah, you want a young guy. You don't you don't want guys who have 
I mean, I, I, I get you want to have some head coaching experience, but then again, look at the McVeighs, look at the Shanahan's, look at the LaFleurs. The guys that have had no head coaching experiences have the guys that have usually had the most success lately. And now look at a guy like Zach Taylor, who has just started sort of emerging now as the Cincinnati Bengals head coach after a few years of struggles. You I mean, you got young head coaches now in the league that are starting to really shape how the league's being formed and they're innovating the game. I think now a lot of these older head coaches like Pete Carroll and uh, I'm trying to think of another a really old head coach that's not really succeeding at the moment, but like, but I'll, I'll use Pete Carroll as an example. He's sort of losing his touch right now. Sort of? Sort of? Yeah, he's lost his touch. What, what am I saying? His, his, like he, He's looking at the game at the wrong angle now that many of these young coaches are just picking apart. Look at his division. You have, from the Cardinals, you have Cliff Kingsbury as your coach. 49ers, Kyle Shanahan. Rams, Sean McVay. And then the Seahawks, Pete Carroll. Listen, Pete Carroll used to be the man. I think when Pete Carroll started going downhill, you saw the reports of basically everybody from the Legion of Best with him because he treats us like we're second-hand players. He just protects Russell Wilson. The guy's always made questionable calls. Marshawn Lynch at the one-yard line. I don't care what anybody says. Even if that... Even if that catch was completed, it is still, to me, the worst call in Super Bowl history. Marshawn, we don't even, we'll get to that another day. But I, I get what you're saying. Some guys are outdated. Um, I think the reason why I wouldn't go with your boy up in um, New England is just I think because – has had – he's had a, a cut coaching game. I, I don't know about that, but anybody that just leaves the, the, the machine that is Bill Belichick – just doesn't fare too well. So for me, I, I think I think I'm going with uh Bien-Aimé, Eric Bianame from uh Kansas City. But we'll see what they decide to do. Yeah, uh Josh McDaniels was a head coach for the Denver Broncos for a few years. I do remember that because uh yeah. I think the one what year he, was he, he left I think it, it was the the first year after Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, listen, they haven't done anything since then, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it was that's when uh Gary Kubiak retired. It was him and Manning retired, and then that's when I think McDaniel's took over. I think I gotta try. I think I gotta give Bianca the shot. I think he's right, a guy I mean, in mind. Something must be up. I mean, listen, could it could it be the minority? I hate to bring it up, but could it be the minority thing? No, I don't know because uh, that that hasn't hindered any any. We have, we have not seen a lot of diversity in the NFL. Like, we are just now seeing, you, you know, it doesn't matter where you like, – like, it doesn't matter where you are in terms of, uh, like, quarterback. A lot of the times it would just be like, you know, your traditional – you know, we all have a stereotype when you think of an NFL quarterback, and that's gone away over the last couple of years, you know. Yeah. We have stereotypes – we have stereotypes when it comes to running backs in the NFL, and CMC's broken all those stereotypes. You know what I mean? I just think um, we're going to start seeing some more diversity. In the- I think Bianca is going to get this next shot. I don't know if that's what's been hindering him, but it's something that you got to consider. I hate to be that guy and get into it, but I can't think of anything else. I mean, what else could it really be? 
I mean, I agree. I think more minority and more, you know, would be a good fit. Um, who is that cousin on Texans? Cully, is he black? I'm not sure yes. who he is. Yeah. Cully's black. Robert Sala. Robert Sala, he's like in, I don't want to. Sala is he's Muslim. Muslim. I don't, I don't want to get it wrong. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, we're slowly seeing a diverse city switch. Um, but like I don't, I mean, I don't really have a list right now for Jaguars. Like, well, I feel like the coach that Matt was talking about. Um, I don't want to blow his name up. Um, but I feel like he's uh the right fit. I mean, y'all are not. He's kind of like old. I, I'm not sure how old he is. Um, but he still has like the you know. But like it has a point though. Like there's some. Like, there has to be. There has to be a reason why. He hadn't got a, a call as a head coach. I mean, I'm not saying he's a bad coach or whatever, but maybe there's something behind the scene that we don't know about uh, about him. But I mean, I really don't have a a, a real. I, mean, I got to do my my research on the coaches, but I mean, I mean, we'll see what they do, man. And same as the the the, the Lions, man. Like they're what they're like no. Two and seventeen, but like they they need to they, they need to blow it up too. Like they need to sell the team, whoever owns it. I, the, the, I mean, they, they need to. They sell. beat the Vikings and crossed the Cardinals. Doesn't last week, matter, bro. Kyler <laughs> that game, man. Come Dude, on, they've wasted. <laughs> they've wasted. Just Detroit as an organization. I don't know if they owned it back. Did they own it back in the day with uh, Sanders? Have they been Ford's, around? For I think the Fords have owned it for a long time. Okay, if they were back in the day with Sanders, then congratulations in Megatron and Barry Sanders. The team has not been good. They, they're historically – the fact – they've overtaken the Browns as the worst team. What's up? You forgot Matt, Matt Stafford. Stafford. Yes, Matt Stafford. My bad. Um, Just you've wasted three, two generational, one Really, really, really good talent. I don't know if Matt Stafford's generational. I don't know if I can make that claim. I mean, given what he's had right now at the Rams when he was in his prime, it'd be done. He was, he was, listen, he's been putting up numbers. He's, he's been quality, but they've legitimately have overtaken the Browns as the worst run organization in the NFL. You know, it was between, it's been between the Jets, the Browns, and the Detroit Lions for a long time. At least the Jets were in the AFC Championship a couple years back with Mark Sanchez. And Colts, and Colts until like, until John, um, they were at Manning for a while. No, no, I'm talking about like post. What you talking about? Post Manning. I mean, post Manning, they had Andrew. Well, yeah, but like, I wouldn't say they were as worse as the Jets and Lions and the, and the Browns. Yeah, I wouldn't say that. You know, I, I, I would say you're, you're, you're historically. And they had Andrew Luck, too. Andrew Luck was yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. You know, so. It's it's between the Jets, I mean Jets. Yeah, probably Washington too. Forgot about Washington. Mm. Dan Snyder, really? Come on. But Dan Just, Snyder has not. At least Dan Snyder has won some games. I'll give him that. Well, they've won in spite of Dan Snyder. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it just in terms of how the organization is run strictly as uh, like on the field. Okay. Um, because as a whole, as a whole, yeah, Dan Schneider's down there in the bunch with one of the the worst, one of the worst owners the NFL has ever seen, ever. Um, 
But in terms of, like, as we said, Dan Schneider has had some success with the Washington football team over the years, whereas the Detroit Lions have just been a joke. The New York Jets have, you know, coming back down off the uh, the Mark Sanchez high, and I don't even know where they're going to go, but it's just weird, man. I don't even know what the hell they could do. i got to be honest, fellas. I lost where the hell we we're at because we just bounced around with, with the Detroit. I don't know what Detroit could do, you know, except blow it up, blow the whole thing up. And, and there's a couple of organizations that I think just need to blow it up. All right. So one last thing for tonight. Just want to bring it up to you. Last NFL story. The Pro Bowl rosters got released last night. What did you like about it? What did you hate about it? I'll start with you, Jay, since you're the, you're the star of our show. Yeah, man. Um, so let me pull up the um, the Pro Bowl list. Who made it so I can get the um... – While you're going with that, I'm going to give you some. Is it wrong of me to say that Derrick Henry should have been on the list even though he's injured? He should have got the I, nod. He, I think they should definitely have like – an IR spot on the dude, team. Dude, there's, there's <laughs> definitely like an honorary, that's an honorary spot. You know, like how many times have guys like another guy's gotten a Pro Bowl selection because somebody A got hurt right before the Pro Bowl, or B like you have guys that are going to be playing like, in the I Super Bowl. Eckler should have gotten in over Nick Chubb, even regardless of Derrick Henry not getting in. Um, I I think I mean Chubb's been killing it. Eckler, not really. That's Chubb's been that's very that's... mediocre this year. We'll Eckler's see. been doing more than Chubb this year in terms of. Being an all-purpose back. Uh, listen, in terms of an all-purpose, I think Cordell Patterson. Yeah, he should have gotten it. I mean, they, they put in James Conner. One of the biggest so. snubs for me. Even though he is hindered. What's up? I said uh, James yeah, Conner. He, he rightfully should have gotten in, too. He had a phenomenal year, but you're right with that Cordell Patterson pick. I thought he should have gotten in, too. Dude, Patterson, I mean – in spite of being on that abysmal Atlanta Hawks team, that guy's Talking. a Swiss – He's a Swiss Army knife. That guy can do it all. It doesn't matter where you line him up, whether it's in the backfield, uh, out in the wide receiver position, in the slot. I mean, just he even in Chicago, like he was killing it. And for me, that that's that's probably my biggest one. I mean, like, yeah, I like the. I mean, this should be a fun game. I mean, you got you know Herbert, Mahomes, and Lamar as as a QBs. You got Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, um, Joe Mixon. I don't know about Joe. Uh, what you I mean? I don't know about Joe. Joe. I mean, Joe has been, Joe Joe been hey. top three back this year. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Joe's number two behind Jonathan I mean, Taylor outside that, of um, Henry. I mean, I'm surprised Najee Harris didn't get um, picks. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a good one. I, Eckler and and uh, and uh, what's his name? Najee Harris it definitely t- were interchangeable for Nick Chubb. I I personally just don't think Nick Chubb should have gotten in this year. I love Nick Chubb. He's probably one of the only Cleveland Browns I like <laughs> as, a, as a Ravens fan. But I, I really thought Austin Eckler or Najee Harris should have gotten a nod over him. Yeah, I do agree with the, 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 with the right receivers. We've got Tyreek Hill, Jamar Chase, uh, Stephon Diggs, and Keenan Allen. All right. Um, Mark Andrews, no, um, Jamar Chase sort of fell off after the first yeah. half of the season. He was having – he was on pace for like a, a record-breaking rookie year, but second half of the year he sort of – Dropped off a little bit, but uh, I I think it was rightfully earned. Good good for Jamar Chase. 
Yeah, I mean, I, mean, overall, I, mean, I like the um, like the rosters. I think they uh, – I mean, I've seen some snubs that, you know, that they missed out on. Um, but I am proud of um, uh, Max Crosby being – coming from being a, a drug addict, you know, um, and him from where he was to now, and he made a big step um, on the AFC side. Um, TJ Watt, Joey Boza – um. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not mad at the list at all. Special teams, obviously. I don't see Tucker though. Where's Tucker? Uh. Tucker made it. Tucker made it. Oh shit. Okay. 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 Well, he's a place. He's a place kicker. I don't know what that means, but that just means he's a kicker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, I got scared. I'm like, what? Hold on. Yeah, we're talking about some place kicker. That just means he's a kicker. Shit. But no, no, I'm not mad at the list at all, man. Um. Hold on one second. I just need to see one thing. Was Dak in? I don't. I don't. Is that what um, you're looking for? Oh, no, no I know Dak. Dak doesn't deserve to be in. I'm gonna tell you right now. Dak I don't think Lamar really... should have been in. No, I'm with you on that. Sorry, Jay. I, I know. I know. I think you're that, I think... ride or die Lamar guy, but I think it should have either been Joe Burrow or Josh Allen over Lamar Jackson. Herbert and Mahomes. I, I, even Mahomes. Oh. I don't even know about Mahomes. He stepped it up. Yeah, but like, do you excuse that whole first ten games? You know who I'm. You know who I'm a little mad about that didn't make it. I'm. I'm a little mad. CD wasn't on that list. CD Lamb. I love CD. Yeah, I'm was, a little mad. CD didn't make that list. Um, obviously you got some good arguments. I mean, Chris Godwin didn't make the list. But now he's, he's not now. even to play, so it doesn't matter. I mean, but but that's the thing, well, yo. Like prior, prior, yeah, he, yeah. Do these guys deserve not to the list if they injured? You know, one running back, Leonard Fournette. Dude, Fournette's been top five. In yeah, the where was he on that NFC running backs? They put they put Cook in, right? Yep. That's that's ridiculous. Dalvin Cook has not been that good this year. Not Leonard over Fournette. Fournette's been way better. Yeah, I, I think Fournette's probably the biggest snub. That's that's a good one. I honestly, I think the reason why Fournette got snubbed is because we forget about him because there's just so much firepower on that team. Mm-hmm. And Dalvin Whoa. Cook is really not – he hasn't done much this year. Yeah. He was hurt for a little bit. I mean, it, he had that one explosive game against Pittsburgh. But other than that, I mean mm-hmm. – Yeah, for not? me, for me, Derrick Henry got to get a nod. I don't care that he's injured. Get Like, dude, yeah. what do you – the guy was out, what was it, three weeks and was still number two in rushing in the yeah, NFL? Like, like, come on. Come on, dude! Like, give no the guys flowers. No one will ever do that again. I want to. I want to preface that there will never be another running back that will go three weeks in the middle of the season not playing a game and still be the rushing leader. Fair. That will never happen again. So uh, give give the man give King Henry his flowers, man. That's the biggest snub for me. But fellas, I mean, I'll say this like this, this is the last thing before before we end. I'll say speaking of the Bucks. Hold on, got, I got two things we gotta get to real quick. Okay, well, after after this, uh, this, this point, like I think of the Bucks, um, like some some key injuries. The guy went out, um, and Mike Evans had a hamstring. Um, so with the AB story about like you know the the whole vet whatever, and the, but now he he turned into like a a much needed wide receiver. You know, so do you think Tom Brady and then do they have enough firepower without you know, in without Fournette? You mean Godwin? 
You got is Fournette out? Is Fournette out? Yeah, Fournette's, uh, out. Yeah, Fournette's on the IR. Godwin's out for the year. And I Mike think Evans Fournette like should be coming back before playoffs, though. But Godwin's done. Yeah, Godwin's, Godwin's done for the year. Fournette yeah. should be back before playoffs. And then Mike Evans, he's Mike like day-to-day. Like he's week, day. week. He's week yeah. Yeah, he'll, he'll be back week. before playoffs. But, I mean, do you think that you – a lot of sports analysts are saying that, like, you know – AB, come on. AB has as has, long has, as Tom Brady has Antonio Brown and Robert Gronkowski on the field, I will yeah. never bet against the man because those have become mm-hmm. his safety blankets. The man has a team with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown is and Rob Gronkowski are his favorite targets. You know, so it's granted Godwin is a big piece of the offense, but it's not even he's not one of his favorite guys. You know, he's just one of their best talents. You cannot bet against him. It doesn't even matter for me. The Bucks, as long as their defense holds up, they'll be fine, man. Yeah. Facts, facts. Perfectly said there, Maz. All right, Maz, what did you want to say? Moving forward, things real quick. Uh, first and foremost, they're talking about awards in the NFL, right? Uh, offensive uh, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, MVP. I want to speed around this real quick because we are going to start wrapping up, and I do have one last thing I want to get to. I'm seeing they're talking about T.J. Watt for Defensive Player of the Year, and I'm calling bullshit right now. If if you think it's anybody but Micah Parsons, you are bugging. <laughs> get get out of here. The kid yeah, is yeah. a monster. I was, thinking, you don't think- I was thinking either him or um, uh, um, uh, Trayvon Gary. Diggs, man. Nah, you, Trayvon's been getting – listen, Trayvon yeah. – Trayvon, and he was he, there. He was he up gives there. up yards. He's he been was. giving up yards. He he was there. He's still there. I, like you got to consider man him. Man, like eight, nine he, picks, man. He does. He does give up. He's got ten picks, or ten double picks. digits, ten ten interceptions. Shout out Diggs, but Diggs does get burned at. Yeah, yeah, true. Times, but he does come up with a lot of turnovers. Boy, Angelo said it best. He is going to be looking he's just building upon it man he's going to be locked down in a couple of years one of he's already one of the best corners in the nfl he will be the best corner in the nfl in a couple of years once he just fine uh tunes all all the mechanics the kid is interception city that is turnover city on that side but michael parsons what he's doing it is just amazing the kid's speed his instincts the athleticism i mean He's just insane right now. And I'm pretty sure he's still the sack leader in the NFL. Correct me if I'm wrong. He's 12. Um, let's see. Going to it. Boom, boom, boom. Defensive leader. I don't want that. I want okay. TJ Watt is leading sacks, which is probably why they're going. Wait, was that last year's? That might have been last I'm year. pretty sure Watt also has like four or five fumble recoveries. Hmm. What was that? I said, I'm pretty sure Watt has four or five fumble recoveries. Yeah, he's got to be up there. But, I mean, listen, the Cowboys are winning games because of their defense. And their defense is – their best player on that defense is undoubtedly Michael Parsons right now. Um. So, for me – I think he should be defensive player of the year. You cannot tell me that kid isn't up there. Um, but yeah, it's probably gonna end up being TJ. Well, you know, and I'm I'm pretty heartbroken by that. All right, let's do speed round, like you were saying. 
Mm-hmm. So offensive player of the year, AFC. Yeah. Hold on, I got to look up. Get my list out real quick. Cooper Cup. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Did, who else? Or John Taylor. It's one of those two. It's either Cooper Cup. You know what? You know what? I'm I'm a I'm gonna have to go with, with Jonathan Taylor because what he was able to do, you know, at least Cooper Cups at least got Matthew Stafford back there. You know, where Jonathan Taylor, he's working with Carson Wentz, but he's I'm, also I'm, working I'm with give, the best offensive line in football. Fair. Nah. But it's not like the Rams got like no slouch line either, so it's debatable. Look, Cup's a receiver, man. He no, I get that. He's the single season receiver marker leader of all time. No, he I, put, I get. It's not pays to be Calvin Johnson. No, I get that. It's just Taylor. I don't know, dude. I mean, Taylor's just been on another level, though. I mean, I feel like the the rushing game is carrying the Colts right now. Where you can argue that. You know, at least the Rams' defense is still quality. You know, if not, I, I don't think the the Colts' defense is a slouch. Not compared to the Rams, though. They got Darius Leonard. They got Kenny Young. They got a solid defense. Malik Hooker. I mean, that team is DeForest Buckner. That defense is nice. I just feel like when you're like comparing it to the Rams, it's awful. I'm just saying that. I think the Rams have won more games off of their defensive play. And, like, there's other talents outside of Cooper Cup. Cooper's having a good year. It's just Jonathan Taylor, like, if you remove him from the Indianapolis Colts, I feel like the whole thing just falls apart. And I feel like if Cooper Cup goes down, there's nobody's going to have as big as an impact, but they can still manage to win games. So for that reason, I'm going to have to say Taylor should probably be it. Here's the thing. If Cooper Cup can break the 2,000-yard receiving threshold, mm-hmm. they have to give it to him. I'll concede then if he breaks it, but that's that Because that's the he would have the most receiving yards all time. He'll do something that no receiver has ever done. But he also got an extra game. True, but they're saying he could do it in 16. If he does it in 16, I'll concede. If he does it in the 17, there's going to be a little asterisk next to that for me. But then going forward, every guy's going to have a 17th game. Yeah, but the guys before him, though. They didn't. So you're saying if in 17 games players- Cooper Cup has a full 150 yards more than Calvin Johnson, it doesn't count? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying give Calvin Johnson 17 games. What would have happened? You don't know. Give Calvin Johnson the freaking Los Angeles Rams. In, in uh, Obviously, he had Matt Stafford, but give him the Los Angeles Rams organization. Think about that. That's crazy. <laughs> You Matt know. Stafford threw the two most single season yards receivers of all time. Is that is that is that Matt Stafford making receivers look good, or is that receivers look, making Matt Stafford look good? That's the question. I don't know, but like that's crazy to think about. Matt Stafford definitely doesn't get appreciated, man. No, he doesn't. He he won't be a Hall of Famer. He's he's just gonna be a guy that was like, oh, you remember Matt Stafford? Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, I remember Matt Stafford. He was quality. He's that guy. I was like, oh yeah, Matt Stafford. That's that's a good one. Um, Big J, what you think for Offensive Player of the Year, or for MVP, or for, for, oh, play, for the AFC? For the AFC? Um, oh no, no, think... it's the NFL. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. Oh my bad, my bad, my bad. I would say Offensive Player of the Year would have to be. I would say Jonathan Taylor, man, because uh, the way he's running the running the ball right now, he's he's 
on the Colts um, with their good with their O line. I mean, I think he's gonna take it away, man. Of the player of the year. Uh, right. and move us to our next one, I believe. Let, let, let's rookie say, of the year, offensive rookie of the year. Anybody says Mac Jones, I'll smack the hell out you. It's boy. either Mac, Najee. Actually, I think Najee's out. I'd, I'd say Mac or Jamar Chase. For yeah, me, it's Jamar Chase. I'll say Jamar Chase too. Jamar man. Chase all day. If if Mac can lead the Patriots to the number one seed in the AFC, it's you got to be him. You mean if Bill Belichick can lead them but still, to the he's number the one seed? Dude, can't, I don't. Hey, yo, listen, if he's listen, the number one seed as a rookie, you gotta give out, it to him. Come out! I ain't giving him shit because here's the thing: they beat the. The Buffalo Bills. All right, the, we've talked about on this very show who were possible, who were possibly Super Bowl going to go into the Super Bowl. All right, over the Chiefs, they were looking pretty good. Obviously, they fell off the wagon, but still a very solid team. Um, at the end of the day, right, Bill Belichick and the boys went into that game against the Bills. Mac Jones threw three passes for nineteen yards. Three passes for nineteen friggin' yards, and Bill Belichick. In the year of our Lord, 2021, won a game in this modern NFL, which is completely built around the passing game, they got the job done without Mac Jones that day against a very solid Buffalo Bills team. Not a great team right now, but still a very solid team. The fact that anybody could come into a game and win with only throwing 19 yards and only having three attempts is freaking insane. That team proved to me that they are winning or losing. Losing regardless of who's out of Cam. If Cam Newton was back there, they'd still be in a decent position. Obviously, I think Mac is better than Cam for the job. But just imagine if you had Trevor Lawrence back there. Okay, but the, still, the he's next not. level that it's at. He's imagine, not. Imagine Matt Jones is there. And imagine, Matt Jones is getting it done. No, nah, imagine if Zach Wilson was there or Justin Fields were there. That team would be on a whole nother level. Mac Jones is just another wheel in the cog for me, and that's why for me, Jamar Chase is having a bigger impact because Cincinnati has taken their game to a new level once this kid stepped on the scene. All right, so that's our offensive rookie of the year, defense rookie of the year. We don't even have to talk about. Mother Shout out my no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, we don't, just, don't, about just, him. don't just sit there. We don't, just talked about him for defensive player of the year. That's fine again, but don't sit there and just be like, ah, oh, we don't got to talk about him. Michael Parsons, because it's, no, I'm talking about we already talking about the defensive rookie of the year award because no, we already no, no, know who we're you're giving good, it to. But I'm giving my man his flowers right now while he's here because too many times we don't give people they flowers while they're here. Michael, keep doing what you're doing, you're making us all very proud. I love watching this kid play. I cannot state it enough. And yeah, I'm gonna sit here and fanboy a little bit because he makes Dallas fun again. Mike, I can't remember the last shoot. time. I can't remember the last time. The last time the Dallas Cowboys were making defense fun, Demarcus Ware was still playing. Shout out Michael Parsons. He Can might get. Uh, he might get defensive rookie of the year too, man. So. That's what we're talking about, Big J. God damn. I mean, I thought he meant defensive player of the year. We already covered that. <laughs> Shit. All right, so we got <laughs> offensive player of the year, we got defensive player of the year, we got offensive rookie of the year, we got defensive rookie of the year. Now the final award to give out the most valuable player. Jay, and get you, ready. Maz is about to lose I'm his mind. Maz is about to I'm lose joking. his I'm mind. Joking, Jackson <laughs> comes out of your mouth. I swear to God, I'm quitting the podcast. I swear to God. Jay, say, say Lamar Jackson, please. Big trust, baby. <laughs> no, like, no. I'm gonna have to go with. 
Ah, I'm in a two-way race with Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, man. Um, because I mean, they're both doing good things, man, and and they're both on good teams, and they're both, you know. So it's a tie between um them two. I, I if we're talking about those two, I'm taking Aaron Rodgers. He he's, I think he's having an even better year than his MVP year last year. I mean, he's in a contract year. He's he's pretty much showing the Packers that yeah. I'm the reason why you guys are good. They're 11 and three right now. He has just any team he's gone up against. He is just destroying. He, I think he's on pace for what, what? What? I mean, what's the stat line looking like right now? I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Uh, Aaron Rodgers stat line at the moment right now for the season. Aaron Rodgers. He's at 30 interceptions. I'm sorry, 30 and four interceptions, dog. Yeah, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. Ridiculous. He's just been absolutely phenomenal. He's having a better year than last year where he won that VP. I mean, Tom Brady's still having a phenomenal year. He's Tom Brady. What do we have to say about him that hasn't already been said? I think Tom Brady's leading in yards. Yes, okay, but... By how much? Not even that much. Yo, listen, here's the thing. It's not even close right now. For me, it's Aaron Rodgers, and I'm telling you just straight up, I'm normally not a numbers guy, but this there's a for this, there's a clear discrepancy. Tom Brady has 36 touchdowns, 11 interceptions with an average rating of 100.4, and he's got more we- weapons to work with throughout the year than Aaron Rodgers had. Aaron Rodgers had 30 touch has at, sitting at 30 touchdowns, four interceptions with an average rating of 110 while working yep. with less on that offense. It should be Aaron Rodgers. Uh I, I think that would be. Yeah. Some guys that I think have been snubbed from this list, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Jonathan Taylor definitely should have a uh, – an honorable mention in this because we've definitely only talked about those two. So shout out Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, and Jonathan Taylor. So, yeah, I, th- I think I agree completely with you. Fellas, our last segment here for this Christmas episode. I'm feeling a little festive. You know, uh, usually this is the season of giving. Well, I want y'all to give your takes on your sports wish list for this year moving forward. Name some things that you want out of sports this year, whether it's somebody being on a roster, uh, a team making a move or a trade. Uh, Can I say about a guy who I don't want to be on a roster? I'll smack the hell out of you. <laughs> That's who I'm thinking. You are bugging, bro. <laughs> no, Carlos. You already know what it do. That's my knowing. Which... Listen, listen, and give us – you know what? No, no, no. Screw you right now. <laughs> Big J, do you have a wish list for out of sports right now? What is your wish list? My wish no list. matter how crazy it is, what do you want out of this year? I want the Lakers to at least make it. My wish list. <laughs> I want the Lakers to at least get to like the top five in, in the West, man. Top five. I mean, I want them to, you know, kind of make some improvements um, to the roster. I'm tired of seeing them on national TV, getting embarrassed. 
Um, I feel bad for LeBron. He got, he got, he got, he he was on a mean the other day for smoking a cigar. Kenny the Jet, Kenny, Kenny the Jet Smith was on his ass because he was like, oh, they're 500, but he's smoking a cigar like he's winning more games. But listen, I feel bad for the man. He's doing his thing. I, I, this one wish is just to get their shit together. I will come back with some more wishes and give us a wish right now. We're just gonna we just gonna keep bouncing around. Everybody give a wish until we out of them. Hey, give us a wish. <laughs> All right. A wish for me. Number one wish. Wow, this this is difficult when you're on the spot like this. I'm you know? putting you on the spot right now. Yeah, you know I you know, want right? something. Say it. I want the Ravens to win run the gauntlet and win this goddamn Super Bowl. Okay, that's, that's a big one, but that's that's the wish list. That's the wish list. It's a wish, right? I can't I can't ask. For I a respect wish. it. I mean, we got Cincinnati this Sunday, which is probably our biggest game of the season. This is a must-win. Winner of this mm-hmm. game takes takes the sole spot in number one, the AFC North. Then next week, we're home against uh, the LA Rams, and then home against Pittsburgh to round out the season. I mean, I I definitely think we can beat Cincinnati. And I think we can beat Pittsburgh. It's just that Rams game I'm scared of. I'm tell I, I feel you on that one. Uh, my my number one wish y'all never gonna see coming. Because we didn't even talk about it. We do not cover uh, these topics on this podcast. Um, the World Cup's coming up. The play-ins for the World Cup are coming up. Portugal needs to make them play-ins. I, I don't want Ronaldo. And I the want United Ren- States. I want Ronaldo at the World Cup more than anything. I want to see the GOAT win a championship. I want to see him win... A uh a World Cup, my bad, a championship. I want to see, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. But you know, my realistic uh wish is for it just ain't gonna be the same without him at it. Big J, give us your second thing. We're gonna go top. We're gonna go five things for everybody. Your I top think, five. Actually, actually, what you want? I'm sorry, Phil. I got one more. I remember me and remember that one thing that you're gonna do about the Christmas tree, about what one gift we want out of the tree. Remember that? We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll end it off. We're, okay. we're talking about uh, he, he wants to talk about the uh like what, what he wants for Christmas. Out of one gift, what what is one gift y'all want? What we're doing this round table right now, think about your answers. One gift under the Christmas tree that's not on your list that you want under the tree on Christmas Day. Think about your answers and then we'll we'll get around to the we'll, we'll uh, get to that. Big J, give us your give us so your my, sport wish list. So my second sports uh sports list is um, or my sports wish is to um, uh, have Jake Paul fight a real freaking fighter, man. <laughs> okay. Yes. Like, not, uh, not a UFC fighter. Have real Jake boxer. Paul fight like Javante Davis or uh, Terrence Crawford or like someone who like is slinging it right now. So I'm tired of Jake Paul. He died, dude. If, if Jake Paul fought, like Jake Paul was fighting, dead. I mean, I understand he's supposed to fight that dude. Um, 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 uh, he fought. He's, if, if he fights Masvidal, he's going lights out. I'm telling y'all right now, Masvidal is – here's the thing. Tyron Woodley, I, like, I respect the fight game. I, I love the UFC. It, it's a different sport. You cannot talk about UFC the same way that you talk about other sports because the fan base, um, even though I'm part of that fan base, they're very uh, protective of the sport, and it's, it's very respect-based, and you can't give takes like that. But let's be honest right now. Tyron Woodley was a world champion in the UFC, but he was a world champion 
because of his wrestling. The man is a wrestler. He went to he was NCAA wrestler. He he I think yeah he was pretty successful. I'm pretty sure he was all American down in uh Missouri. I could be wrong on that. Not positive, but his entire fighting game was based on wrestling. The man's not. Uh, he did not have a great stand up game. Oh. Uh, Especially once he got knocked out, completely confidence, not the same. Masvidal just creates violence, dude. All right? The guy's stand-up is crazy. And it's not even as good as a, a professional boxer. I think if he gets in the ring with a Masvidal, this kid's going out. But I'm with you on that, Big J. I want to see him go against somebody that actually that has, actually a has a fight. Exactly. Has a stand-up game if we do in boxing here. I mean, he, like, I mean, for what he's done to, for like the YouTube standpoint and getting the fans, I respect that. But you can't be just going around just like just like mocking everyone when you haven't even look. He, he he's fought. I think chaos. Um, he fought uh Nate Nate Robinson. Was he's he the best all player? Come on now. Uh, like Woodley. Was he supposed to fight Tom Fear? I think, but he got. Who's the fat guy Fierre. that he fought back in like April? I don't even know. He was a UFC fighter that hadn't fought in like years. Oh, oh, oh Ben, ben Askren. Ben, ben Askren. Ben Askren's another guy. Ben, ben Askren got knocked. Yeah, Ben Askren got knocked out by Mafival in five seconds. Come on, that's like, that ain't not, that ain't no fight. Yo, but that's the thing, right? But yeah, but he I Ben think... Askren's another wrestler. This guy's yeah. not a boxer. No stand-up game. On like well, uh, Jake Paul came with a. Uh, he was like, "I'll give you five million plus pay-per-view," but Marvel came out with twenty million pay-per-view. So, uh, I mean, no. dude, it, it. I think it. Let's see if it happens. I would love to see that. That's a good one, Big J. And hit us with another one. All right, another take. I just want to see. How good this Golden State Warriors team can get. They are by far one of the most intriguing teams that we've seen in the last, I'd say, three years. Because they are a team that didn't, I wouldn't say they even rebuild, rebuilt after that one season. They just retooled. Yeah. Like, they didn't even have a stretch where they were bad. Like after last year, we were just staying up. Oh, let's write off those Warriors. Curry's. Curry doesn't have it anymore. I mean, he's got it, but he doesn't have, like, a sporting cast, so he can't do anything without a sporting cast. And they was like, all right, give him a sporting cast. And now he's back. So I, I think – I just want to see what, how how far that Warriors team can go with, with what they got right now. For sure. Um, I think that leads me to my second one. I want to see a, a, a healthy Clay Thompson more than anything. It's been a long time. I'm a big fan of Clay. Uh, he's the poster of 3 and D. To piggyback off you by far, um, I just want to see Clay come back healthy and just dominate like he like I listen, I'm a Lakers fan first and foremost, but I'm rooting Clay. I, I want to see him come back to that level. That's my number two. Big J, give us your three. My three, um, me being a USC fan, I want to see Connor Connor come back, man. Connor come back. I see he look he's in the gym getting buffer, man. Um, he's getting you know, but I wanted after that her, horrific, horrific like leg injury against a Dustin Poirier. I want him to have a healthy comeback. And, they, and like, he talk, – talking about game changers, speaking, being like UFC, before he was in the UFC, like, the UFC was popular, but it wasn't as popular as after he came to, in, into the company, you know. So um, he's, he's done a lot. I mean, I know he, he, he he's had some antics here and there, like, you know, with the Khabib, with the whole bus thing, whatever, which was actually not WWE. It, that was actually serious. They had a really serious feud going on. Um, 
And I feel like Khabib is scared to fight him. That's why he retired. But that's another that's another segment. For you him. think Khabib is afraid to fight McGregor? He yeah. kicked his ass. Dude, he ragdolled him. I love, listen, I'm a, I'm a Connor fan over Habib. Habib and Irvin Gamedov gained my respect the second he kicked the shit out of Connor, hopped the fence to get at Connor's crew with no backup in sight because they were on the other side of the octagon. Habib is not afraid of anybody. I just think, that, I just think God, that, bro. I mean, Connor was like, yo, come back, yo, come back and fight me. And it could be like, come back uh, and fight what? There's no point to do it. So he can ragdoll you again, Connor. I, I don't know. Can't even get in there with freaking Poirier. Poirier would get pieced up by Habib, dude. I love Connor, but to say that Habib's afraid of Connor, Big J, you a big fan of Connor, bro. But you standboying a little, you fanboying right there to say that that that's you crazy to say that Habib is afraid of Connor, bro. I don't even like Habib like that, and that's a crazy statement. Well, I'm not gonna take it too late. Like, I already yeah, said listen, it, but, you already said yeah. it. That's how you feel. That's how you feel. <laughs> he wants, he wants Connor. Well, I want Connor to have a healthy comeback. And so you want someone. Connor with the healthy comeback? I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, and give us your third. I'm speaking on behalf of all baseball fans. Let the lockout end, please. I, I'm just a poor baseball fan. That when the final season starts, like for for college, final starts, baseball is my outlet to just relax and watch a game. There cannot be time when there's no baseball played. If there's a strike that's happening in baseball, I'm going to be really sad because I just want to watch it, man. I, like we had a, like only 60 game season, not even a season ago because of COVID. I can't have two stoppages. In less than three years. Yeah, All because some greedy billionaire owners just don't want to meet the demands of the Players Association that weren't even that bad. The billionaires would still be making their money and they would give the poor guys in the, in the minor leagues who don't have much money, they give them some nice housing, they give us less divisions. It'll be more fun. Baseball will be more fun. They just met the MLB Players Association Association's demands. I think Rob Manfred is a tool. He's the worst commissioner. He's even worse than Goodell. If you're worse than Roger Goodell as a commissioner, you must be a piece of shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Rob Manfred... Biggest disgrace in baseball. That's a font for cussing, man. No, it's like, man. <laughs> no. I, don't care. I, I will gladly put my dollar in the jar if I can speak against Rob Manfred and his yeah. pathetic, stupid face. Jesus Christ. Man. Yo. Rob at AC underscore Cafone 56 on Instagram. Message me. <laughs> Yikes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He wants Yo. to smoke, everyone. He wants to smoke, man. Yo. Let the people know I want Rob Manfred. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you right now, the third on my list, <clears throat> I just want the Cowboys to get out of the second round of the NFL playoffs. I'm not asking for a championship. Just get past the second game, man. No, get to the NFC championship memes to keep going. I just want to. I just want to see them get. I just want to see them get to the NFC Championship, dude. They don't even got to win it. Just, just get past the second round. 
in the playoffs. I've seen nothing else but a but a, a second round knockout. I just want to see them in the playoff game. They ain't even got to win it. I'm not asking for a Super Bowl. I'm just asking to get past the second round. And I don't know if we're gonna do it, but I, I want to see Dak turn it around. I want Dak. I want Dak to lose the yips. Cow. I want Dak to use the lips and the Cowboys use lose the yips. My bad. Jeez, what's wrong with me? And the Cowboys to get past that second game in the playoffs. Big J, give us your third, dog. Um, the third, I'll have to say, uh, shit. Um, okay. So after the lock, when the lockout ends, I just want the Yankees to find this. Get some players, man. Get some players. Not any player, but someone that can, you know. Oh, you mean you you saying that Correa is on your no. wish list, dog? Nah, <laughs> no, nah, I'm saying like a calls Correa at AC underscore Confi. I'm saying like a Trevor Story. You and Manfred could both get the smoke. <laughs> now I'm saying like a Trevor Story or like somebody, man. Like we need, we need, we are the the Bronx Bombers for a reason, man. So I mean, we had Aaron Judge, we have Stan. We just need to get some get some more depth. That's all, man. So when the lockout ends, I know. Um, so you can have the uh, I on a Japanese player or something like that. They have Suzuki, whatever his name is. I'm sorry, but that's Suzuki. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get him. Bring back freaking um, what's the um um, who's the pitcher um? Oh Tanaka? my gosh, huh? Tanaka. Tanaka. Yes, bring him They're back, not man. Him back. They're not bringing him back. Well, that's on my wish list, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, your wish is the amateur. <laughs> that's his wish list. That we can. That's his wish list. And give us your your. Uh, where we at four? I just want my fantasy football team to not go one week without an injury. Uh, okay. Is that is that a tough wish to ask for, dude? I got Travis Kelsey out right now, bro. In mind for bro, this upcoming week, he just dropped forty four points of this season. I have lost. McCaffrey, J.K. Dobbins, I have lost Fournette, I lost, now, I lost A.J. Brown for half the season, I've lost Darren Waller, I, I think I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to, Antonio Brown's just coming back, I, I lost him for more than half the season. Brown for half the season, every <laughs> player I either draft or pick up just gets hurt, and you know what? Props to AJ Brown. The uh, Titans and 49ers just wrapped up uh, a few minutes ago. Titans took the W on a Randy Bullock field goal. I think it was 2017 final. Congratulations to Titans. And AJ Brown got me 33 fantasy points, which is all I care about. Good job, AJ Brown. And then Los Angeles Ligma are one win away from going to the championship game. Let's go, Ligma. Angeles, what? Ligma. Okay. You you don't know what Ligma is? I have no freaking clue what a ligma is. You don't. You really don't know what a ligma is. I, I I feel like it's like I don't even want to know because I feel like I'm just setting myself up to get dunked on right now. I mean, I mean, you don't know what a ligma is. I, I can't help you. Jesus Christ! Do I even want to? Here we go. Lose internal gene. Me. What? What is this shit? What is this? What is what is Ligma? Just explain it. <laughs> Ligma ball. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I Merry knew Christmas, it. everybody. I was thinking, but I was like, 
yeah this that's merry christmas what i was thinking it meant but i listen uh that's what i was thinking it meant i was not near confident and have a happy new year yeah i i hate you so much dude (laughs) i i knew it was coming too I, i that's literally what i thought it stood for but I just wasn't positive, and I just needed to be confirmed. Uh, um, yeah, moving awesome. forward, uh, I'm actually, with my Clay Thompson one, I'm going to add two players to it because it's just like, you know, NBA players getting their shots, basically. Clay Thompson, obviously coming back healthy. I want Isaiah Thomas to stay rostered and be playing, uh, be a, a vital piece in this Lakers um, team coming off the bench. I want to see Jello Ball get a shot in the NBA already. I think it's. I think he's got next. I don't know if he's ever going to get there. I just want to see if he can hang. I just want to know already. My fourth wish. I think it's, I want to see, I want to see him make a move, shake things up, make a trade, get somebody else new in there. I'm sick of seeing what we're seeing out of him for crying out loud, Los Angeles. I spent 30 minutes of you on this damn podcast. Figure it out. I want to see, you should be competing for championships. Lakers make a damn move. I would say the Yankees, but I already know that's going to happen, so I'm not even asking for it. Jay, your fifth wish, final wish. My fifth and final wish is to have um. Well, I just I caught a little glimpse of our Tiger Woods and his son playing golf. Um, oh, sorry, fifth crack, man. Some water in my throat. <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah. So my wish is to have Tiger. Um, you know, maybe compete in in a PJ tour a tournament because after that horrific uh, car accident, um, nobody thought that you know coming him coming back he would never he won't he won't come back. But this Sunday um, or this past Sunday, Saturday or Sunday, him and his son, which Charlie, he looks pretty good, man. Um, with his dad, I I just want him to recover. You see, he's still limping on that leg a little bit when he's hitting the putter or when he's hitting the driver. Um, but you know, no one expected him to be like for him to pick up a golf club ever again. Um, so I want him to, you know, maybe he said right now he doesn't want to compete in the tournament right now, but who who knows? It's Tiger Woods, so hopefully he will uh come back and uh, you know, it'll be a story for the ages, man. All right, I like that one. Do I get one more wish? Yeah, 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 that's one. Um, real quick before you go, that can we just please talk about uh, the Lakers are in the third quarter, six minutes and thirty seconds. Sorry, six minutes forty six seconds left in the game in the third quarter. Eighty one to sixty six against the damn Spurs. Blow it up already, damn it! Blow it the <laughs> freak up. Yes. And they're twelve and thirteen, Suck. right? We're garbage. I can't. Jesus Christ! And give us your final wish. I just. My final wish is about the Olympics. The oh. Winter Olympics in Beijing are happening in a little bit over a month. And please, United States government, stop messing with it. The Olympics are not some political grounds for you to state, oh, I don't support China. Who cares? It's where people go to ice skate and snowboard and ski and for the rest of us to watch and enjoy athletic achievement. I don't care. All right, so the Olympics are in China. Whatever. 
just let the Olympics happen because it's just a nice way for the world to unite and just have a nice, friendly competition amongst the nations on just, like, whatever. I mean, it, it's just so stupid that, like, that the U.S. is re- re- refusing to send their ambassadors over now and Japan's following suit. I just heard that they're not going to send ambassadors over. What's next? The athletes? If that happens, we already knew what happened back in the 80s when they had, uh, at, like, full-on withdrawals oh from the Olympics back with USSR. They did nothing. They don't do anything. Who cares? Just I let mean, them play in the Olympics and let's have fun and stop worrying about this world mumbo jumbo and enjoy the Olympics. Am I the only person who does not give a damn about the Olympics? Yes. I, I dude, I don't know what it is. I just can't get into it. I mean, I but, watched Phelps. Still, like, Phelps was cool. Do I, do political stuff have to factor into stuff not playing? Like Boycotts and stuff like that. We make everything political these days. The people who complain about not making sports political, idiots who go to every freaking Giants game, Jets game, and start the Let's Go Brandon chant at it. Dude, make up your mind. I'm fine with with your political beliefs. I'm not going to sit here and discriminate against it. But be consistent with it. If you don't want politics in sports, you can't be like, oh, I only want the politics I agree with in sports. Either A – Politics are cool in sports, which they kind of have to be because they go hand in hand at times. You can't I, I, get cool around it. I just don't want them with like big government, like agencies. I, like the pres- I don't want the president telling other athletes you can't compete because we don't like this country. I mean, that shouldn't ever be the case. Let them go and fulfill their dreams of getting a gold medal representing their country. Yeah, that I mean, that's not ever sh- factor in. Shout out Mr. Justice, uh, former teacher at uh, Hope Hack on High School, was the track coach for years. He was supposed to be there the year throwing javelin that they uh, boycotted, never got a chance to go, never made it back. But exactly, that, you it's never a shame who- because th- those people don't get another chance. Would have happened. It does. Yeah, it, it's a shame because you never know if those guys are going to make it back. But I think that's something that's a. Uh, a little bit above my pay grade route because I got to do more uh, more reading up on it before I, I throw just a, a, an opinion out there. But I hear you, my man, and I'm not saying you're necessarily wrong. I just myself need to be more uh, read up upon That's it. That's my wish. I can't, stand the, I can't stand the Olympics, bro. Like, I don't know what it is. I just – it's just never done anything for me, let alone the Winter Olympics. I mean, at least the Yeah, summer... I'm not as much of Winter Olympics, but I'm just in the, the – the, the, the... I hear you. I hear you. Philosophy that the athletes should be able to go out and just try to win it for their country, and all political mumbo jumbo should not cloud people from not having to participate. Yeah, listen, I I just want people to be consistent. Whatever you believe, just apply to, you know, the arguments and stop making special rules for different arguments. If you believe, if this is your argument for going forward with it, then just keep consistency. My final sports wish. I've thought this one long and hard. I could have said, I could have went with something about the Dallas Cowboys, you know, and it's realistic. I could have said, uh, I wish the the University of Miami would come back to prominence, but we already got Cristobal and we got that coveted athletic director, (laughs) that coveted athletic director from Clemson is definitely going to take us back to the top. I've already hit the Lakers. I already hit my man, IT. Hold on, I'm not done yet. Hold on a minute, I ain't done yet. 
I could have hit my man IT, which I did, Jello Ball. I was thinking about my main team in the MLS, Inter-Miami, completing the rebuild and just getting it going. I have faith in that. The last thing that I'm going to leave you all with that I don't have faith in and I hope happens. For crying out loud, whichever one of you bums is voting on the freaking Hall of Fame for the MLB, do right and put Barry Bonds in the damn hall. You historian bums who with the with the historical votes and stuff. Pete Rose put him in the hall. I don't give a words. Get him in the Hall of Fame. It was a it was an even playing field, and, and they're just being ridiculous with the, how they're holding these grudges and stuff. Some of the greatest players of all time were all doing steroids at the same time, and it was the greatest era of baseball. Stop hating on it. Stop being bums. Alex Rodriguez, Hall of Fame. Whoever is voting MLB Hall of Fame, stop being a bunch of punks. We can't stand you. At me, at Big Papa Mag, at Big Papa Maz, B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-M-A-Z on Twitter. Sorry, I don't have an Instagram yet. But any one of y'all can get the smoke in that because your mama raised a hoe for how you've been acting. Ooh! I like that one. Maz with the... with the... The funny ass freaking take, but anyways, all right. The last segment, which is the Christmas special, my last segment of this podcast episode, we want to go a speed round, very very quick speed round. Um, we have basically a day away because it's twelve sixteen. Um, so happy Christmas here, everyone. Um, so I'm gonna go on the go around the podcast on uh, staff, and I'm gonna go ask one question. If you have one gift on your gift on your list under the tree, like Matt said, think long and hard about this, man. <laughs> what is one gift? <laughs> pause. Pause. Hey, what, yo. What, hey, what, yo. <laughs> what is one gift y'all want under the tree, man? See, Matt is thinking along the heart already, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's scratching his beard already. Like, all right, I'll go first while he thinks. I will say my uh, Xbox, Xbox X, man. Uh, I, I'm asking for some more podcast equipment for the boys, you know? Get everything right. I got, I'm asking for a light, a new lighting fixture, a new uh, pop filter for the microphone. Get some better audio going. Okay. I don't even know, fellas, because I'm going to be honest with y'all. I didn't ask for nothing this year. I don't know what I'm going to get. Um, I love receiving gifts. I love giving gifts for people, th- things that they actually wanted lighting up people's day. I hope I get something that lights up my day. But I- I'll be lying right now if we had the conversation before about the uh, the young nine-year-old that got into the accident on Route 80 before um, for Christmas. So I, I hope that kids doing it ever since I've heard about it past the accident. Um, I also got some family members uh, got hit with the COVID. I hope them uh, speedy recoveries. I, I just hope that, uh, you know, we can all uh, get back to normal soon and enjoy things with our families. I, and, and seriously, the young brother that got airlifted in that accident, I, I hope that uh, he'll still be here with us uh, moving forward and his family and him could uh, come back and celebrate Christmas in the uh, coming weeks as my family will be looking to do once some of my family members get healthy. So for me, that's it. I'm, I'm just hoping we all have a, 
an act, a, a good Christmas because these last couple of years have been uh, pretty hard. And I just want to just get back to normal, man. And I just want everybody to be able to enjoy themselves. Yeah, imagine you said beautiful. like you said it perfectly, man. I mean, I agree that like you know we're in some tough times still. I mean, I thought we all thought we were out of out of the thick of this COVID nineteen, but actually, square one. And normally, Christmas is about you know giving and receiving gifts to open up uh, presents on Christmas Day and you know having dinner. But they're really hardly all about family, love, um, you know, because we're on this podcast right now, and like you know, there's some people in in this world let alone in his country that, you know, are not going to have their child, are not going to have their grandparent here because of the pandemic. So it's important to hold, hold each other, you know, to these tough times. I'm a, that's why I, I appreciate you guys for finding me in a meeting, in a meeting, the sports meeting, because I appreciate y'all, even though, you know, we have some, some, some takes about Lamar Jackson. No, this, this is a goofy podcast. At the end of the day, you know, uh, you know Big J, I think uh, I speak for both me and Ant. Mm. We just really appreciate you, man, um, giving us this opportunity, yeah, bringing us on here. Shout out Matt Thornton. Yeah, Matt. Uh, too, man. Yeah, Matt. Matt, Matt, Matt will be here back soon. But Who's if it wasn't for Matt, if it wasn't for Matt, we wouldn't be here because we would have never even heard about it. So honestly, like, just getting the opportunities that lately between this podcast and everything else that we got going on. It, it's been a great year, and I can't ask for anything much more, to be honest. Right, right. Facts, facts. And, yeah, like, we came from, went from having Thanksgiving and Christmas on virtual and on the iPhones and iPads, and now we're kind of getting in-person Christmas. But, you know, with this whole COVID, you know, it's all about keeping the family close, um, hugging each other and, you know, loving each other. And it's all about family and love, man. It's all what it's about, man. So, well, uh, so what a way to close out the show. Uh, I'm Jordan Jean-Louis, JGL, uh, host of the JGL Sports Talk Show. I got my boy Big Maz and Big Ant. Uh, like we said, we miss you, Matt. Hopefully we can be on the next episode, um, you know, and, and we back in business, baby. So, yes, that's it, man. So uh, happy Merry Christmas Eve. And then if happy we don't holidays, see you, everybody. happy holidays, everyone. And happy hopefully we'll be back before New Year's. So We'll be back. Have a good one. Bet. Another one.